cultural differences weren't often talked about when Andrea signed up to the Homes for Ukraine scheme. She lives in a diverse part of Birmingham. After a week of staying there, her guests told her there were too many Muslims in the area. We were quite shocked at how difficult she found different cultures. She felt there were just too many Muslims. Insects in food. Remember when waiter there's a fly in my soup was the start of a joke? Well now the joke is well and truly on us and the flies aren't just in the soup, they'll be in the bread and all the rest. They tell us we can save the planet by not eating meat. That's the bait. They push plant-based foods and Coming. Wait for it. I know you guys can hear us, but it's not switching. <laughs> oh, Jesus, take the wheel. Come on, you Come can on, do Bessie, it. You can do it. Hi, guys. Welcome to Resistance Chicks. I know you can't see our faces right now. I don't even think that they can hear us because okay. the, this is not moving. Okay. Everything is just frozen. And I don't know if I wait for it to catch up or I shut it down and try to restart all the streams. Do you again. stop the streams and then start them back up? I don't can you know. go one stream at a time? I can't do anything. It's frozen. You can hear us. You hear us. Okay, so <laughs> you can hear us, but you can't see us. All right, you guys. If you are watching and listening, and I'm so glad that you're here. Um, I'm going to have to crash. We were late because we were having technical difficulties. Um, these, the Facebook stream, and if I crash the system, the Facebook and the rumble streams should come back up when we come back in. So just sit tight. Don't go anywhere. And, uh, Lee and I will try to get right back to you and pray. <laughs> A rumble. Come Let me on, double check on rumble me. here. Come on and rumble with me. Come on and rumble with me. Guys, we have a really great show for you. We have a fabulous show for you guys. Yeah. All right, hang on. Let me keep refreshing until I see if we're back here on rumble. Which many of you are waiting and that's awesome. Thank you guys for Come being here. Rumble. Okay. Yay. I think we're there. With me. <laughs> guys, we have a really great show. <laughs> there we are. Wow. All right, you know what? Um, I Praise a, the Lord. I have a big show for you, but you know what? We're going to go into, um, to, to bring some uh, s some levity to all seriousness <laughs> this week. I'm going to go straight into a story, and I don't know if Michelle... I don't I know, know if I can bring up other stuff, but we're going to try. Go, can you go to my, can you go to my Twitter? We're going to try. We're going to screen, we're going to, we're going to go to screen share. Uh, go to my Twitter real quick, uh, if you can. All right. Let's see. I'm there. Let's see if I can get you guys there. 
All right. We have a lot that we need to discuss. Your about... hair looks really nice today, Leah. Thank you. I was trying to, to, to put it in a barrette and it wouldn't, my bangs wouldn't go. Um, because let me tell you bangs. what we're probably going to have. To uh, today. What is so happening? All right. All right. <laughs> just wait. So okay. it's not, so we can't, we're not doing screen. This, it's no, no show today. I don't know. We're going to do it the old fashioned way. Okay. Uh, yeah. The old fashioned way. I don't think that this has an HDMI. Okay. All right. Just, <laughs> I need your computer. I can do the old fashioned way till we figure it out. So the old fashioned way, how many of you new to resistance chicks? You see this television behind us? <laughs> we used to do this really cool thing before we were able to screen share with you and share things uh, behind the screen and videos behind the screen. I don't know why the system, you might have to, we might have to uninstall and reinstall XSplit and, and all that stuff. Unfortunately, what we do is we have a whole system that helps us run all the shows. And right now, what we're streaming on right now working. is completely frozen. But so it's streaming. I, I hate to bring it down and bring it back up. I hate to do that too. Actually. Old fashioned. Old fashioned's fine. I'm gonna be in control. I can right, be. I can in go control. get. I, you're gonna go get the big computer. You're gonna go get me the big computer. Okay. I'm gonna start on some stories. So we do. You guys, you did help us. We have backups. You guys helped us get a new laptop from Michelle, and it's fire, and it goes fast, and it's not, and it's not in a bad shape right now, like our main computer, which is acting stupid. Uh, so things happen. I I wanted to bring you a funny starting off, but actually, uh, since we are, we can't. I can't bring anything up for you to see. Let's do a couple of these other stories. All right. So this is our our world news show where we take you around the world. Uh, you know, we'll cover the Brazilian uh, elections, things going on in Australia. There's huge flooding right now in Auckland, Australia, by the way. I want to take you to a British uh, report. This is highly disturbing. And if you're in the UK, uh, now you know that something like your FBI basically uh, has, I'll just transfer over my mouse, has been tracking you and following you. So the Daily Mail actually reported that military operatives in the UK's information warfare, it's called the 77 Brigade, drove an operation that targeted politicians and high-profile journalists who, who uh, raised public doubts about the official pandemic response uh, through their social media activities. So they actually were um, following uh, people like Peter Hitchens, and uh, I don't know this guy, but Toby Young. And the report claims that those being watched included these uh, a public figures such as ex-conservative minister and army veteran David, David Davis, who questioned the modeling behind the alarming death toll predictions. Um, these were just a few of the public figures who numbered amongst the tens of thousands who protested against the UK government's lockdown policies. Their dissenting views as openly expressed online through social media, were then reported back to the government. And number 10, the Daily Mail further, further alleges that documents obtained by the civil liberties group Big Brother Watch and shared exclusively with the Daily Mail exposed the work of government cells such as the Counter Disinformation Unit based in the Department of Digital Culture, Media and Sport and the Rapid Response Unit in the Cabinet Office. Uh, but the most secretive of the uh, MOD's 77th 
Brigade, which deploys, quote, non-lethal engagement and legitimate non-military levers as means to adapt behaviors and adversaries. Now, understand this 77th Brigade is supposed to be in foreign countries. Up until this point, supposedly they didn't go after citizens. This is a military operation against the citizens of the UK for, quote, spreading disinformation. Okay? The unit strayed far beyond its remit of targeting foreign powers. They said that British citizens' social media accounts were scrutinized, a sinister activity that the Ministry of Defense, uh, which is the MOD, uh, in public repeatedly denied doing. The Army British whistleblower told the newspaper, it's quite obvious that our activities resulted in the monitoring of the UK population, monitoring the social media posts of ordinary scared people. These posts did not contain information that was untrue, or un or uh, or coordinated. It was simply just fear. Former cabinet minister Davis, a member of the Privy Council, told the order outlet, "It's outrageous that people questioning the government's pro policies were subject to covert surveillance and questioned the waste of public money." Veteran journalist Hitchens questions if he was shadow banned on social media over his criticisms and uh, his views of. Oh shoot! Facebook's not working. I wonder if it's the whole system right now. Okay, can we just restart Facebook? Maybe it just never went. I can't do uh, anything on this. Is I can't do anything. So the only thing that I can do is again crash the system and bring back Rumble up. back up again and start again. It's got to be. Here's the thing: we are having a spiritual attack uh, with the Facebook. And Michelle and I got a warning put on on one of our videos. It wasn't yesterday. a warning. It was just a this might be um, harmful for sensitivity. People might not like it. It might be too. But it for puts them. you on a list every time you put up something that they don't like. Um, but anyways, there's a spiritual attack going on here that that our shows are not supposed to be getting, going out today. Uh, <laughs> right. Do we just not go out to Facebook? Um, I am also struggling to get internet on that right now. So, um, I would rather, I guess, um, what do you mean you're not getting internet? I don't know why I'm not getting internet on that. I need to kind of walk away. I need to have a mouse for it so that I'm, I'm not, um, it's, it's connected. So it says not connected. It's not it's connecting to the internet. And I, so and funny. I don't know why. Um, well, I know I keep turning it on and off. So, and then also my other issue is that oh, I, I am logged into a different uh, Gmail I'm a, and I need to get out of that so that you can be in the Google account so that I can get all the tabs. Um, oh Lord. So I'm working on that, but if you want to be, I would like to be streaming on Facebook. So that would, that means that I would need to be, I would need to crash this system again. Um, unless you just don't want to stream to face, see you're logging into the wrong one again. Oh. Okay. So you look, drop that down. How was that even? Oh, why was that happening? Okay. I won't even ask. It actually had mass me 33 up. That's what I okay. was going to All right. But it was calling something else. We're going to have. Anyway, do you want me to crash Facebook? Do you want me to crash this or not? Do you want to just not stream on Facebook today at all? Uh, Facebook? What do you guys? You, I don't know. Uh, Facebookers. We're, I mean, we're here. There's no way to ask the Facebookers because they're not there. I They're would not watching. say it's 206. Just go on with the show. Put it while I'm going live. Just tell Facebook. Okay. Patriot Gallery. Just put the link to Rumble on Facebook. We're just going to keep going. It is what it is. And it ain't what it ain't, honey child. Um, I love that you guys are being so patient. And thank you 
Um, we've never had, I can't remember ever having something quite like this having happened um, to our show where we're just not, where it just, this whole thing is frozen, so. So how do I bring up all these tabs? Uh, so go up to history. Yeah, I'm here. Click on it, bring it big. Okay. All right. I'll wait for faster. it. And then go to tabs from others devices. Yeah, and then down here, and then the three dots, got and it. open got it. all. Okay, here we are. All right, so now you want to the old-fashioned way where you guys get to see everything. Oh, wait, we're not long enough? Okay. Everything that we're doing. I don't know why uh, I need oh. to sign in. <laughs> Do you know how to sign into your Twitter? Do you need a cell phone? What? You're not, so you haven't been signed in, huh? No, and the other issue that we're going to run into today is Lee and I are going to have to have this TV blaring real loud, probably, for you guys to hear it. Because this is the old, the different microphone. Which, let's try this one. I think that is the right one. Okay. But you might need a cell phone to confirm here, it. Here we go. All right. We're good. Here we are. Okay. Are we, do we need we to need, sign into anything else need, before we, nope. before I switch to the different HDMI? Nope, we are good to go. Let's see, that's not the right one. So, so last, uh, it, here it, you are. All right. So I kind of like it when you guys don't know what tabs I have open, but you know what? We're gonna do it. Oh boy. And the other issue, here's why we upgraded. Um, we upgraded because today's lighting is gonna be completely out of whack. Because what happens is every different type of screen Leah brings up. Um. I'm going to have to try to adjust the lighting for. Well, we've always done that. Yeah, it's, it's not been fun. a long time. I, I kind of forgot how to do it. It's been so long. Okay. Well, hopefully I can do my... Hopefully my... my, my uh, it's going to be great. Stories are in order. Woo! It's going to be a fun day. I don't re even remember where I was just a second ago. <laughs> Here's Donald Trump. I think I might have accidentally closed out the... Um, the one story you wanted? The one I was going over. The British, um, the UK. Well, anyways, the UK has been spying on y'all. <laughs> with their, with their 70, and this is not, the volume's coming out through the computer, not through the TV. Okay, well, we can fix that. Just go to here to the sound. Right there. And then let's choose a different sound. There you go. Click on that. Uh, speakers, try that. This one or this one? I don't know. Probably that one. Okay. Now press play and see what happens. Let's see. Nope. No. Nope. All right. Try another one. This is so you... much fun. <laughs> I don't. I don't that can't be. That shouldn't be it. Try that. There we are. Okay. All right. We're not going to actually. Oh, we're on Rumble. We can play that. You know what? We're not on Facebook. Okay. This is a very interesting story. Top Thailand authorities including advisors to the king, have been in discussions with Professor Sukcharit Badki and are prepared to see to it that the Pfizer contracts are declared null and void. The royal family has been alerted that the princess is most likely a victim of the jab. The Thai princess collapsed 23 days after her booster and is still in a coma. Okay? 
The royal family has been alerted that the purported diagnosis of a bacterial infection is ridiculous and that she is most likely the victim of the jab. So Thailand, unfortunately, got rushing to the front here to, st to, to go after Pfizer when it affects one of their own. I'm going to play this. They said, if you are coming... Let us know if you can hear it. Uh, I am still a Thai, by the way. I am Thai German. Uh, we will connect you with uh, authorities and advisors to the highest authorities in Thailand. And this is what happened. And uh, so I had the opportunity, the first opportunity in three years, to talk to the top advisors of a government in any country. And um, it was very, very impressive because um, I laid out to them that this whole COVID-19 agenda is a fake and why it's a fake. And I was able to lay out before them the proof that the COVID vaccinations were based on fraud, NT2, 18th of October, which we have at our disposal. Mm -hmm. The EMA declared officially that safety pharmacological studies were never performed, never, and they were never deemed necessary. So now we have it. And when I told the Thais this, you know, guys, they jumped up. They <laughs> jumped up in the <laughs> And so they said to me, we will see to it that Thailand is the first country in the world that is going to declare this contract null and nullify the contract, which means that Pfizer Biotech is going to have to pay back those billions to Thailand, with which Thailand will recompensate those peoples that have lost their existence. Holy wow, stinking huge. cow. He got, he had, he's talking to the highest levels, the royal family of Thailand. They jumped up and they have been red pilled. Wow. Okay. All right. So I have another, uh, another part of this video. One daughter of the present king, Ram the Tenth, collapsed and is in coma. Coma. She, uh, within, uh, I think it was 23 days after the third shot. And she's young. Of course, 44 years old, never been seriously ill, collapsed and is now in a coma. Huh. And the diagnosis that was given by the authorities and by the university is so ridiculous. She's supposed to have a bacterial infection that will never do what she's suffering from. And so we uh, determined and uh, the activists in Thailand uh, who have been on this for many, many months now great guys, also professor from the University of Bangkok. He's gotten in touch with the royal family and we are sending information to the royal family 
to alert them to the fact that in all probability, the princess is suffering as a victim of this jail. Wow. As so many people around the world have been suffering. This One is absolutely groundbreaking to have the head of a country finally yeah. uh, being red-pilled. Unfortunately, we all knew what it would take. It would take happening to somebody within your family. And you know what? We are so westernized that sometimes we don't pay attention to what's happening in other countries. People have been dying suddenly. We know a lot of athletes have been dying suddenly on the field. Um, and here's the thing. It, it's not in necessarily in super giant millions of numbers, but it's in, it's like a thousand more than ever before. Well, that's a lot of people. Here's the thing. Death is a big deal. I was going to say that exact same thing. So yeah, died suddenly is a big deal. But injured suddenly is also a big deal. And there Bingo. are way more. The, uh, just in the uh, United Bingo. States alone, I don't know what the Vayers is at. Yeah. But it's it, we're in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands in in the Vayers uh, data of injuries alone. And to let you guys know, there was a, a girl who came out of a bathroom all shaky. And unfortunately, the left-wing media, including Forbes and Alex Berenstein, who Tucker has on all, all the time, they tell they said that she's faking it. And she has the doctor's reports. She has the Bayer's reports. Uh, Dr. Pierre Corey. What happened Corey, to believing people? Like, yeah. I know. Here's the thing. Dr. Pierre Corey is her doctor. Okay. Um, and she actually has a, a Bayer's report from a doctor. And, and so anyways, it's, it's just absolutely ridiculous. You guys are not going to not believe it. Okay. Uh, but this is probably one of the most groundbreaking um kind of stories we have today and and let's just hope and pray that the thailand government doesn't sweep Keep it under as the... many dark screens as you can that'll help me out today well just jump ahead to another dark screen okay. instead of a white twitter they're all white all right then that's fine then just everything then is white on and i will i'll do carry my best on my wayward show you'll have peace when we say we gotta go and Yo, michelle gets worse, to look I'd see what's going on. Go. All right. Okay, so now we're going to go to Israel. Okay. Last week, uh, Benjamin Net Netanyahu has promised to crack down on terrorism and bring safety back to Israel. And he has definitely, you know, got his eye on the Muslim terrorists. Okay. So they uh, go to a Palestinian... Um, hideout, a Palestinian kind of suspected terror hideout, and why does, oh, that's, okay. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a you, very you, distracting you switch, show. You, you switched the screen, so I was like, what's that? Okay, behind me. Uh, I thought we were looking at a live live thing. And they killed nine Palestinian men who were suspected of plotting a terrorist attacks. Now, wow. that's a lot of death. Yeah. And so the Palestinians are really mad. And and it's, it, it's, you have to say, if you go to a hornet's nest and you kill nine hornets, the rest of them are still there. <laughs> and you're not thinking straight. Like, right. sometimes I think, Israel, you're stupid. Like, I know you're trying to not make it happen, but sometimes I think, are you trying to just get on the map again? Like, because here's the thing. After that happened, then some stupid terrorist goes to an Israeli synagogue and shoots seven people and kills a, a kid. Yeah. Okay? And then a 13-year-old Palestinian in uh, East Jerusalem randomly pulls out a gun 
and shoots into a crowd in wow. this spiraling kind of out of control um it, it's 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 pretty it's pretty it's pretty bad Okay, so I'm going to I'm going to bring up a few of these. This is a video here. Israeli police on Sunday sealed off the home of a Palestinian man who is alleged to have killed seven people and wounded, okay, killed seven people and wounded three others during a shooting outside the synagogue uh in um the Nev Yakov area. Um, forgive me for misreporting there. Um I thought it was killed seven, but then somebody said injured seven and, you know, news reports very these are disturbing images here, guys. The, the most interesting thing right now is that these measures are being implemented very swiftly. Netanyahu said yesterday it's going to happen. Netanyahu's um, security cabinet at, uh, take to um, take some measures to decide right now is to uh, demolish houses of, of families who build their houses illegally. But that's another debate. Today is, for instance, in Jabal Mukabber, an occupied Israeli neighborhood. Uh, Israeli forces demolished a house that they claim to build illegally. But this family has no connection with the latest incidents that took place in occupied Jerusalem both yesterday and on Thursday night. Uh, on Friday night and Saturday morning, uh, but they are starting uh, right now the, to implement uh, the measures both in occupied Israel, the most part in occupied West Bank, and according to reports, Israel will demolish uh, again other houses that they claim built illegally, and the other measures, according to security cabinet, uh, will be to strengthen uh, some uh, well, settlements in the occupied West Bank, and also they said they will seal the house of the attacker that killed seven Israelis in occupied Israel. And they only did it uh, today in the morning. And they said ministers will elect um, to con uh, cancel national insurance and other benefits for families of those attackers that support their actions. And for many human rights organizations, such actions such as demolishing houses of those attackers are collective punishments. And this is a punitive measures. That's why these are very illegal according to human rights organization. All right, so that was the attack that happened, and then this is the celebration happening in Palestine after the um, attack. The Palestinians don't help the narrative that Israel really uh, does a good job at framing, which is y'all are maniacs who just rejoice at terror attacks because you do. This is the mother of the terror, the terrorist giving out candy and celebrating. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's been a while since we covered Muslim uh, terror attacks. The Israeli ministers respond to terror attack by weighing civilian firearm licenses. So Israeli ministers are weighing numerous options, including expediting firearm licenses to arm more citizens in the aftermath of Friday's terror attack. Breitbart News has reported on the attack, noting seven people were killed when Palestinian terrorist uh, Al-Qam uh, Kari, a 21-year-old resident of eastern Jerusalem, opened fire on a group of Israeli worshippers as they were leaving a synagogue in the Jerusalem neighborhood of Niev Yakov. 
Yakov, videos posted on social media showed hundreds of Palestinians in at least seven different cities marching and chanting in the streets, honking cars, firing rounds into the air from rifles, handing out candy and igniting fireworks in jubilation over the terrorist attack. There was a second attack on Saturday morning, and it resulted in two individuals being seriously wounded. That was the 13-year-old boy who was obviously brainwashed into thinking that he was doing something for Allah. Uh, the uh, Times of Israel noted ministers in the high-level security cabinet were convening to discuss response options to the terrorism. And those options included ex expediting issuing firearms licenses for civilians and providing further funding for the purchase of guns. The Times pointed out a witness on Friday's uh, attack recalled, I came outside and I saw people shouting, people running, two people were on the ground and over there another one was on the ground. The blank was standing in front of me with a weapon, almost killed me. I don't know how he didn't kill me. I crawled back into the house. The witness added, if I had been armed, I could have prevented three or four deaths. I'm not armed. They won't let me have a weapon. The University of Sydney's gun policy database observed only licensed gun owners may lawfully acquire, possess, or transfer a firearm or ammunition in Israel. Uh, the speed at which these licenses are issued appears to be paramount among Israeli ministers' deliberations. So... Friday's uh, attack was the deadliest Palestinian terror attack on Israelis since 2008. Um, I'm not sure if I have. Okay, so here we have the 13-year-old Palestinian uh, shooting two Israeli settlers in this tit-for-tat killing. Two settlers were critically injured in a shooting near Sil uh, Silwan in east-occupied Jerusalem on uh, the 28th of January, Israel's paramedic service said. According to the Hebrew media reports, the two settlers were a father and son who were volunteers with Israel's um, emergency service. The uh, Meg David Adam uh, service reported that its medics had treated two individuals. And I think this is the, I don't know if this is the, okay, this is a celebration video. And then I think we've got, here's the surveillance footage. It's not super gruesome, but um, here you see the young man. I don't know if you guys can see, you see this young man here, 13. He shoots into the crowd here Hang on. and then. They can kind of see it. I could adjust this. Um, one of the people who is in the group. No, that's not what I wanted. One of the people in the group is armed. And I think that that is what is. We'll play it again. Um, that's what's, that's what's spurring on the request for, to wear, to, to, to have weapons. So when your government right, goes into. Uh, Palestine and kills uh, nine people, you are going to have terror attacks. Okay, so yeah, you can probably see this a little bit better. So here we have the young man. Uh, he shoots into the crowd. Then you have the man with the gun shoots back at the at the at the um, the young man. He's not dead at that point. Um, emergency services come, but he was wearing a. It's I, the the thirteen year old was not obviously cog cognitively cognitively aware of the people that he was shooting at because he had a sling looks like a or 15 or something on his back i mean he's going to shoot you back um so uh the this attack was a direct response to the massacre committed by 
Israeli troops at the Gen refugee camp in the occupied West Bank on um, January 26th following the massacre. Militant factions fired two rockets into Israel, which were subsequently met with Israeli airstrikes on the besieged Gaza, Gaza Strip. On January 28th, um, Israeli police declared that the national alert has been raised to the highest level all across the occupied ter territories and the West Bank. Yesterday's attack at the Niev Yaakov settlement was described by the re resistance as a natural response to Israeli violence. So um, we do have Israel who supposedly is going after militants. And then um, you have the Palestinians who go after anybody, any right. Jews. They specifically want to go after non-military people because, well, they're usually unarmed. And it's easier, and it's called terrorism for a reason. It's to make the citizens afraid not to go to war because they know they can't go to war or to battle with the military. Right. So this is the ongoing saga, this religious feud between Palestine and Israel, uh, with both uh, at fault for, mm -hmm. for and various that's, reasons. And that's what we have to kind of land on every time we talk about the Palestinian and Israeli conflict sometimes there's there's no right or wrong there are people that are kind of more right than wrong but you've got it's this the whole entire situation over there none of it is right and then so when it's confusing and it's mucky and everybody you always want to take a side yeah like foot everybody watches a football game well you, could you watch a football game and not root for either team it would be really difficult now i'm not I'm just well using here's the thing when i but... look at the enemy of my enemy is my friend i don't know so i look at see i look and see how things are framed ilan omar is and talib rashid rashid whatever and aoc they're all pro-palestinian all these things exactly and the new york Times describes the deadly palestinian terror attacks as spasms of violence mm-hmm so you've got this behind me. Amid spasm of violence, Israel's far-right government raises risk of escalation. So it's Israel's fault. They're far-right. Right. They're escalating things. The Palestinians are just uh, wonderful, beautiful people who are oppressed. Sure. And that is could, nothing could be further from the truth. Right. They're, they are, as a, as a people in Palestine, generation after generation, it's almost as if what they're doing, a gain of function. Mm. Unfortunately... Palestinians and Israelis lived together in peace, mostly, before Israel became a state. And after Israel became a state, uh, you had the, the the territories blocked off. I don't, I, I do not believe that it was there could ever really truly be peace. But here's the, here's the, here's the crazy thing. So Israel at the time offered everybody in Israel land, but the Muslim leadership outside of the area said, no, leave. We're going to fight and get it back. And then once they were gone, then they wanted to come back and they couldn't. And so it, it really goes, you know, back to the, you know, Muslim leadership telling them, oh, we're going to fight. You leave. Right. And so you've got this little area of Palestine's. And they are basically pawns because they, these people, this is not a beautiful piece of property. Okay, I'm sorry to say Israel is a harsh environment. They have done amazing, wonderful things to have water flow and to grow food. What happened uh, in different times when Israeli um, greenhouses uh, were taken over by the Palestinians? They, they died. 
They don't want to bring life. All they can think of is war. Show me the Palestinians who are uh, growing. Uh, uh, the Israelis have greenhouses growing like roses in a greenhouse, right? Flower shops would get all their flowers from these flower greenhouses. Like they took a drop of water and turned it into a million drops of water. Right. How in the world are they able to do this? I believe it's an anointing from God. And uh, the, 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 the Muslims follow Allah, which is not God. And Israel follows the follows at least pretending to follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Deuteronomy six and twenty and, and or uh, eight and twenty eight promise a blessing that will flow in Israel. And so I've kind of I have gone back and forth myself on Zionism, on the creation of Israel, on on every Jew going back to Israel. It ain't big enough, Jack. And we're gonna go back to Christianity, and the Revelation red pill. Okay, God knew that when he said your descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the sea, y'all ain't going to fit there. <laughs> That's true. Y'all ain't going to fit there. Okay. And Yeshua, Hamashiach, the lion and the lamb, Jesus Christ, King of Kings, Lord of Lords came. And he said, all, all authority over all kings, over all governments is now given unto me. Go therefore and preach the gospel, spread the gospel, go around the whole world. The whole world's yours now. The whole world. I got news flash for you. A news flash for you. The whole world is Israel. The whole world is the promised land. The whole world is the holy land. Because guess what? Jesus, he walked in Israel. He walked in Jerusalem. And some say he, he went over to the UK. Um, but, which is hilarious to me, but you know, I don't know. Could have. I don't know. The disciples might have. There's some, there's some history in that. But anyways, everywhere I take a step is holy ground. Amen. Because I am now the temple of the living God. And wherever the temple of living God goes is holy ground. We have to think beyond these things. And so as Christians from the outside, we have to tell these Israeli people and these Jewish people that Yeshua HaMashiach has come. He is Savior. And he is not this, and, and the problem is, is that, and I'm going off on a tangent here, and maybe this is good, I don't know. Uh, I want you guys to watch our Revelation Red Pill, where we break down that we are not waiting for a third temple. If you guys believe in dispensational, uh, premillennial, if you believe in premillennial rapture, a rapture before this thousand year reign, you don't understand what all has to happen biblically for that to happen. And when you say biblically, what do you mean? For your scripture, for the scriptures that line up, for premillennialism. Okay. Because they're, they're picked and they're chosen and they're put okay. together in so a Okay, so part of the Picasso teaching of, to make that work. Right. But it's not because actually Ezekiel biblical. Talks about a, Ezekiel talks about a temple that will be destroyed. Which has already happened. During the reign of the Messiah. Which has already happened. And but so you have to, to wait for a third temple to be built, built. Which is not in the Bible, by the way. There's also a scripture that talks about a third of all... The Jews will be massacred and killed. So you're encouraging the Jews to go to Israel, to create Israel. So they so create they a temple. So they'll be massacred. The thing of it is, is that they've already been massacred. They've already been destroyed because they went to war with Rome. Okay. And they did some basic, think of, at the time there was a group at Jesus, during, right after Jesus died. And even a little bit before there were these rebels. Okay. They were called the zealots. Have you ever heard of Simon the Zealot? Yes. They believed 
in a physical war with Rome because Rome had the, had taken over Jerusalem. Now they allowed the priests and the Pharisees some form of government. It was basically colonialism. Mm -hmm. Okay. Roman colonialism that they had, they were taxed, right? Remember Matthew was a tax collector, right? Who was he a tax collector for? He was a tax collector for Rome. That's why people hated him. He wasn't a tax collector for, um, the Jewish people because the Jewish people didn't need to collect taxes because you had to go to the temple. When you went to the temple, you brought your money with you. Okay. So Matthew was a tax collector for Rome who actually, his name is Levi. He was probably a, a priest, which made it even worse. Okay. Or <laughs> a priestly line. All right. So I've got Facebook back up and running only because I didn't realize I needed to go in here and click go live because it wasn't set up according to my normal. You know one. what? And that's probably the Lord. We isn't missed it? all of that because we got to do the Thailand thing and I got to say what I needed to say about the Palestinians. There you go. So here's the Holy Spirit. Uh, working on our behalf to get That's you guys on I Facebook. Figured. So I'm so glad that you are here on Facebook. Um, we are talking about a terror attack that happened in Israel, but it was a escalation of events uh, due to a uh, Palestinian raid, which killed nine Palestinians. And then they, then a terrorist came to Israel and killed seven people, wounded more. And then 13 year old wounded uh, two, uh, shot, shot two people, father and son. And we were talking about the historical nature of, Israel and Palestine, and I would tell all Israelis, come to know Yeshua HaMashiach, the Amen. Lion and the Lamb, Amen. and and make your your land wherever God has called you to be, because dear Jewish people, there's not enough land in Israel for all of you. So let's think beyond the the confines of because the Bible is filled with references. Of the, of the blessings of Abraham mm. and the whole world being filled with the knowledge of God. And some Jewish people do still believe in a, in a Messiah coming and that the whole world will, will become Jewish. The whole world has become Christianized after Christ, the Savior, the Messiah. And, you know, one of the things I say uh, about Jesus coming under the law. If you were caught in adultery, you could be stoned to death. And so because Islam takes parts of Judaism and the law and a few little parts of Christianity, Mary and Jesus, and it makes an amalgamation of like a new hybrid yeah. Yeah. Um, religion that um, the, the Jewish people they don't live according to the law anymore. There are no temple sacrifices. Exactly. To cover their sins. Which is so fascinating to me. And we can do a whole show on the interesting part of that. And like they how don't they get around that. And they do not stone right. for adultery. Right. And they actually support and, and celebrate And that's LGBT. a lot in thanks to the Talmud. Yes. Well, I don't know. I don't think that the Talmud celebrates LGBT. Well, no. And I, don't not think the I think the Talmud still does stoning. Talmud's not awesome. Really? Talmud's violent. No, it is violent. I just meant as far as like the sacrifices go and stuff. Yeah, I don't, I, honestly, that, I haven't gone that far into that. Um, I do know this, that when they brought the woman in front of Jesus and said, mm -hmm. we caught her in adultery and they all were ready to stone her because they were trying to say, if you believe 
if you believe, if, if you're going to try to tell us that you're some sort of teacher of the law, the law says this woman must be stoned. Sure. So in Hebrews, it says the letter of the law, it kills, but the spirit of the law, brings which is brings life, which is, he says, you without sin, you cast the first stone. He's probably looking at a bunch of people who've had lust in their eyes, who probably have committed adultery themselves, thieves. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, you guys can't do this. And he looks at her. Here's the, here's the spirit of the law. Hey, you, you're a sinner. You sinned. Your sins are forgiven. Go, Go and, and sin, sin no, no more. more. When Jesus says, I am, and I have goosebumps from the top of my head to bottom of my feet. When Jesus says, I am the fulfillment of the law, he was... It's like my my mom is a very loving mom. I don't know how she got to be that way. Jesus She's ain't. very patient. You know, Michelle and I got in a little disagreement over Facebook putting a flag or a sensitivity mark on our show. And I was saying, I told you not to put the Paul Pelosi thing on there. And she's like, it's not my fault. Facebook's evil. And I was like, I know. And I didn't say that. I said I forgot because I was in a rush that it was going to show up on the other part. I'm, get, I'm but, actually but putting myself is, under Facebook the bus here. Facebook is evil. No, yeah. Don't put yourself under the no, bus. No, I'm trying to say that, Beep you know, I should have just said, you're right, Facebook's evil. Doesn't matter. We should be able to talk about anything on our show because we are not uh, Cardi B with the W WAP. That's all I think of all the time. Like, you allow that nasty stuff up there and I can't talk about things. So mom comes out and she's like, you know what? Facebook is a murderous cult and it's abusive. And I'm going to pray about it. And then, and then, unfortunately, we had such a hard time getting on our show today. No, and that is the essence of so much of our frustration is I was trying to tell, I was telling my mom, I was like, I know what is right and what is wrong. Mm. I know that God has given me um, things to say. And it is immensely frustrating when... And nobody can hear you. And that's the way I feel. And it gets really frustrating. But, 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 but. She said, Leah, it doesn't matter who, and I love you guys, if you never heard me. That's good. And if no one ever actually hears you, okay, you can do more in your prayer closet, Mm. in speaking things out. And it would be fine for me to do a 10 minute little broadcast on bit shoot or, or something, or just to say it out loud because our words hold power. And this is what I want to tell to the Jewish people and to the Christian people who think they need Jesus to come and reign here on earth to get rid of the evil people. (laughs) You have more power in your pinky than the devil does in the whole world. Amen. Because you are a blood-bought believer. You are now reigning as a king and the priest. Where you walk, the temple of God goes with you. Come on. And we need to get out of this premillennial, waiting for the rapture mentality. Everything will be good once Jesus comes back. And, and because here's the deal. That is a false gospel. And I'll tell you why. Because Jesus came and preached the Messiah has come. He's here. And the kingdom of God is at hand. And the temple of God is within you. In here. And in the past 100 years, since John Darby and the Schofield Reference Bible got into every single stinking Baptist church around the nation, the Presbyterians don't actually follow a lot of this junk. Um, 
but the, the Pentecostals were a branch off of the Baptists. So the Pentecostals and the Baptists, which are most most evangelical Christians, believe in this premillennial dispensational nonsense. Okay, non-biblical sense, which does not preach the gospel. It says, "Come and allow Jesus to forgive you of your sins. So if you die, you can go to heaven, and then believe that the Messiah will still come." It's a second Jesus gospel, is what it is. And so you cannot. Here's the thing: the Jews are coming to know Jesus. From the Old Testament, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 61, Isaiah 9. Okay? But they don't follow our American gospel. They don't follow American churchism. Because it's not real. Because the must, because here's the thing. I'm trying to tell you you have more power and authority. I'm trying to tell you that we have relinquished power and authority. That actually... When William Bradford came over here, and then when the Puritans who came over in 1630 came over later with John Winthrop, they, John Winthrop wrote a speech that said, um, we want America to be a city, a shining city on the hill. And um, William Bradford said, as a light here candled, um, as one light can light a thousand, so may the light here candle, the candle, the light. Here, thus from small beginnings, oh, greater things have been formed by his hand who created all things from nothing and gives being to all things that are. And so made th this candle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we got a light. <laughs> and they shining. And you got a little candle and you take your candle and it could light another candle and they can light another candle. So the light here kindled. May shine, may shine unto me. It's kindle, candle, kindle, kindle. <laughs> okay. All right. So we've gone off the rails. Back to the world news program. All right. Okay. So the, the gospel, they believe that they were actually setting up the new Jerusalem in America to which, and this is kind of a history for you guys. The Mormons took it way too far. Joseph Smith was looking for literally the city being yeah. the new Jerusalem. Okay. Right. The new Jerusalem has descended from above. Here this it is. Newsflash. The New Jerusalem is the whole earth. It is wherever the body of Christ is. Bingo. All right. It is called the New Jerusalem. So I saw New Jerusalem descending from heaven. John the Revelator. That is now. Okay. Now, if you guys want to know more about what Leah's talking about, just go to resistancechicks.com and click on the Revelation Red Pill Academy tab there and just watch the series. So if we want to all make sure if we want to stop the violence, this is how this works. Okay. okay. So this is going to be great because everything I click on is going to just I can mute. play. No, we're good. You want me to mute it? All right. So it's not playing. This is great. In other Israeli news, is Israel F-35s used in massive attack on Iran and they have killed a, what they, what they're saying is a, uh, there's no volume here anyways. You can just see it burning. What mm. they say is a ammunition factory. Okay. Okay. Now remember, Iran, and then I walked. You're funny. Away. No, just kidding. Um, has sided with Russia in the war with Ukraine nonsense. And we talked about this being a world war on mm -hmm. Friday. Welcome to World War Three. There's no, hey, we're going to enter into World War III. Right. This is a welcome to World War III uh, because Taiwan, China is nudging up next to Russia. Mm -hmm. And Taiwan, mortal enemies with, with China, is sending generators as gifts to Ukraine. Uh, this is World War. This is World, 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 World War. Okay. Wow. That was really good. All right. Nope. Uh, 
This is the Wall Street Journal is reporting Israel carried out a clandestine drone strike targeting a defense compound in Iran. I would have thought that there were weapons in there. It would be bigger booms, but who knows? All right. I would like to, we're going to talk, we're going to talk about last week. Global. We're going to talk about Ukraine here. And there's a really neat interview. I think you guys will all enjoy where, um, <laughs> Glenn Beck inter is interviewing Neil Oliver. And I love this modern Sco Scottish warrior goes brave heart on elites. Go ahead and make him big. Go ahead and make him big. Okay. So I want to play for you. I'm going to play for you two spots on this, but the first spot I want to play for you is them kind of discussing um, Ukraine here. I think this is right around here. Uh, said something that uh, it puts me into a category that I'm uncomfortable being in because I'm a guy like you. I trusted institutions. I trusted my government. I believed in it enough, to, you know, same with politicians, but enough to go... You know, we make mistakes, but we generally try to do the right thing. I believe our government, the United States government and most Western governments are so far off the rails. I truly believe that this is all about the Great Reset. Uh, and we are, we watch our president and it is like we're itching for war. Why would you send not defensive weapons, but offensive weapons that you know what? are going First to pause. be? Do I have two videos playing? I do. Okay, never mind. Carry on. Used in the Crimea, which Putin will never do it. And even today, day number one, they're in Russia saying they're declaring war on us. Joe Biden a year ago said, if we send tanks and airplanes, that, listen, folks, no joke, it'll be World War III. No joke. I think they are trying to collapse uh, our economies. They're trying to collapse the social order so they can reset it all closer, as your Fabian socialist said, closer to their heart's desire. Yes, I think so. I mean, am I not right in saying that uh, when Joe Biden pulled America out of Afghanistan, he said it was in part to do with bringing to an end uh, America being involved in forever wars? Yes. I, and and I don't think it was. Into... I think that was partly to give the Air Force Base, Bagram, you were part of that. Your, your country was part of that. We didn't consult yes. anyone. We just gave it. It's insane. Yes. So we pulled out, or, or America pulled out of a forever war, and now it would appear is, is straight into another forever war. American politics is not my area. Of course it isn't. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't presume so, but I, I would just say that I, I, my suspicion is that a lot of what's happening in in Ukraine has to do with 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 the US seeking to reestablish itself as the predominant, a predominant oh, wait. world power. Pause. This is hilarious. He's going to have to walk away here to let his dog out, his beautiful dog. And this reminded me so much of our show right now. Oh, my. Watch. Okay, watch. wait, wait. wait. Before this... you click on that, though, I need to let our Facebookers know. We are having technical difficulties today. Can you tell? So we're so all the videos that we're trying to show you are coming from behind us, which is why the audio is not is going to sound a little bit tinny um, from the TV here because it's going to it's trying to reach this microphone. All right. This is the way we used to do our shows. 
And yeah. so we like upgraded, but the upgrade is, is crashing, crashing today. today. So the show must go on. Okay, we bring it in the backup. What a great dog. Are you looking at this one? Yeah, what a great <laughs> dog. I, I don't think you can live in Scotland yet. without that kind of dog, can you? This is this is this is one of my Irish wolfhounds. Uh, Glenn, give me a sec. I'm just going to put her out of this room. Give me one second. Yeah, I'll be okay. straight back. Hang on. <laughs> I love that so oh. much. <laughs> he has to go. He's like, wait. He's like. While he goes to put the dog out, something that hasn't happened before. It's a good time to take a break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally our program. You know, I love it. So I love it. That's awesome. Why? Like, I hate when things like go all the way right all the time. Like, you need, I need a break from the monotony. And I actually prayed to God today. I was like, God, break the monotony. Let us bring some humor. This wasn't the humor Michelle was looking for. But actually, I'm having a good time doing the old fashioned way. I wish it was clearer for you guys. But this way, when I'm in control and you guys get to see all the different things, I kind of like it. I if we like had it. a way to do it this way without me having to constantly adjust the lighting, right. I would be all for it. Right. The only way to make that happen would be a green screen, which I right. am very much against doing. So that's why. Okay, now. There we go. We Are you done about... with, with dark screens? Are you yeah, play for another? now. All for right. now. Yeah, but we will come back to that because interesting they go into john knox and christianity. It's really cool. So we're going to end with that. It's, a, it's going to end in some christianity. All right, so. On Friday, they get the 31 Abrams tanks. Yes, in Ukraine. And now they want more. Just come on. <laughs> I want the, the, uh, the, the uh, long-range missiles and the jets and the submarines. And when I think jets, I'm thinking to myself, you know, um, can you fly them? Right. Can Do you, you fly, know how to you, fly the and jets? Then, and then the submarines. Because here's the thing. You can pop out of a jet with a little parachute, but I ain't getting on your submarine. Never happening. Okay. Oh, we get submarines. Oh, look how you you know how to use the submarine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it comes with a little instruction manual. Western countries agreed to supply tanks for use against the Russian invasion this week, prompting the Ukrainian government to push the further the envelope further with discussions about more major military equipment advancing. I guess we've got the German frigate. Here, uh, in some pictures, the German Leopard 2. Whoa, it's covered. I love how they cover it a little bit. I don't they know can't see it. It's so dark. It's kind of covered in uh, moss, moss and, and greenery. Stuff. And yeah. They want a jet here. Here's a submarine. All right. So, talks of NATO nations supplying long-range missiles, warship submarines, and fighter jets is evident. Um, here's the thing. I know, Michelle, that you cannot enter into war. You cannot bring soldiers. But if you bring me the weapons that only your soldiers can use, then maybe you bring the soldiers with the weapons. And then we have war, war with Russia. That's okay, it's crazy. All right, so the talk of the NATO nation supplying long-range missiles, warships, submarines, and fighter jets is evident with Ukrainian government officials seemingly tasked with acquiring new equipment, wasting absolutely no time to push new ideas immediately after the dam burst on the tank supply. Um, some people are saying that the tanks... Are, are, are a definite sign of going to take Crimea back. Okay. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, 31 tanks get a, gets a whole subset, subset of your nation And back. it's amazing what you can do with 31 tanks, Leah. Just, I mean, Boom. Okay, okay. The shift from tank talk to fighter jets was perhaps inevitable. Almost instantaneous after the United States and Germany dropped their previous objections to sending offensive armor. So here's what... Um, 
Glenn Beck is saying, he's like, before it was defense. We're just helping you defend yourself against right. Russia. But offense, the tanks, thank you very much for the tanks. <laughs> we can now go on the offense, I guess. Uh, yet the conversation has at the hands of the Ukrainian politicians and diplomats trying to talk Western powers into sending more equipment, taken another leap forward. Discussions to get long-range missiles to Ukraine are apparently well underway, with reports describing the talks as fast-tracked, which means it's already been on the track. There's no fast-tracking these talks. Oh, out of nowhere. Oh, could we have some some jets now? Could we have some submarines now that we got the tanks? Can we fast-track that? No, no, no. It's a, Here's the thing. It's called, here's a boiled pot of water. If you put a frog in it, it jump right out. And I don't even know if it's true or not, but that's what they say. Um, but if you put a frog in the water and you turn it up to boiling and then it just dies. Okay, so for Americans, we are the frog. Ukraine is the boiling water. If you just gave them all the tanks and all the, the 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 jets and the submarines, it might be a little much, even for the people with the yellow and blue flags out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we shall see. So, uh, advisor to Ukrainian President Zelensky, I'm not going to say his last name, uh, Podolyak, Podolyak. That's probably that's probably close. Who has been a cheerleader for Western warplanes is involved in the missile talks. And said he is trying to explain to allies that getting the advanced weaponry would reduce fatalities and reduce security threats to Europe, the European con- continent. This will keep the war localized. Nevertheless, Podolyak criticized some unnamed allied nations as being conservative in their attitude in sending military aid because they feared changes in the international architecture. In other words, deviance from the status quo. But even larger and more sophisticated weapons than long-range missiles, rema- uh, main battle tanks, and jet fighters are apparently on Ukraine's shopping list. Deputy Foreign Minister sounds more uh, like a Melink, list. Yeah, who hit the headlines this week for instantly demanding jets, even as the ink on the tank deal was still drying. Speaking of Ukraine's ambition to kick Russia out of the Black Sea, the diplomat pointed to Germany's Class Six, two twelve A diesel electronic attack submarines. Asking for one of them. And a German frigate. This is... Could we... Could Can I get a German frigate? Could I get a submarine? The submarines are regarded as small and stealthy, uh, stealthy craft using hydrogen fuel cells. Um, and I see... I'm going to move on to the next story because it goes into all this. And you guys probably don't care about all the details. It's just bad news. But here's what is kind of hilarious to me. The Americans have taught the Ukrainians like a like a like a dog who comes and you gave him a treat, you gave him another treat, you gave him another treat, and then they keep coming back for treats. Mm-hmm. I like dogs. Um, don't get me wrong. But something is going on here with Hunter Biden. Joe Biden going over to Ukraine. Nobody heard about Ukraine. Nobody cared about Ukraine. It was the least developed of all European nations. Nobody went there except for politicians with with um, less than savory relatives. So I believe, and I, I get it mixed up. It, I believe it was John Kerry's son was also on the board of Burisma. We don't talk about that very much. And Mitt Romney had an, had a former aide on the, this board of this energy board of this what about, oligarch. What was Nancy Pelosi's son? She was involved in, he was involved in something like that too. He was. Yeah. We went, we did a whole story on that. 
So it's gotten so bad that that in the corruption with all this money going over there that Zelensky has had to frame a new narrative that he is going to clamp down on the corruption. Ukraine has has a has a corruption problem with many people in the upper echelons of Zelensky's government just taking your money, your fake money and spending it on luxury vacations and mansions and sports cars. They're not I don't believe I don't know how much of war that's actually happening over there. Uh, the Ukrainian government on Tuesday confirmed the resignation resignation of multiple high-ranking officials and large-scale corruption allegations in what's being called the biggest mass resignation and graft a scandal since the Russian invasion began. So they can bring in new people who can make more money because they're just they're just resigning, Michelle. They're not sure. going to go to jail. Take your money and run. We'll bring in some new people. We can funnel them it's like some more an money. Injured player, just you know, take yeah. them out, put in somebody they, else. We got Gonna too many eyes on place. you. Yeah, don't tell me that they didn't know what was going on. Uh, about 12 officials have quit their posts. They just have to quit, by the way. Take the money and run. After a huge political shakeup over allegations and probes into cases ranging from bribery, the mismanagement of aid funds for purchasing food, to embezzlement, to driving expensive cars, while common people suffer under wartime uh, conditions. A top presidential advisor and four deputy ministers among uh, these two defense officials, along with five regional governors, were forced out of their posts. And among the regional governors to step down included officials overseeing uh, regions which have seen intense fighting. Um including like the Kershaw regions where the Russian forces have lately actually had some gains in reference to the announcement by senior government, by a senior government official, international reporters detail uh, a deputy prosecutor, deputy minister of development of communities and territories, deputy minister of development of community, uh, two of those um, uh, social, social policy. policy. Uh, and separately, the defense ministry had earlier announced the resignation of deputy minister, uh, Shep Pavlov, who was in charge of the Army's logistical support, in charge of the Army's logistical support. Well, guess what? He's probably one getting the, the money. Exactly. And you're just going to skim it off the top. These on, were food contracts. Yeah. So on the heels, well, that's no, well, the, on the heels of the accusations of signing food contracts at inflated prices. In this case, regarding the food contracts, uh, Shapavlov is accused of signing a deal with an unknown shady firm. In his role as deputy defense minister, his is the most notable and visible resi resignation. Crucially, he would have he would have had no small part in overseeing the billions of dollars flowing from the pockets of the U.S. and European tax uh, uh, payers. He purchased military rations at inflated prices in what appears to be a scheme to line the pockets of contractors and obviously kickback, kickbacks to himself. While the defense ministry is still trying to downplay it as a technical error, Politico reviews the details of the scandal. And I actually see if um, there was another article I'd seen. I will agree. Uh, you can see. Now they don't have the pictures. So this guy is driving uh, super fancy cars, as lives in like a mansion that's um, like $10,000 a month to rent. Uh, with the with the I see an expose from the Ukrainian news website revealed last week that the defense ministry purchased overpriced food supply for its troops. For in for instance, the ministry bought eggs at um, like seventeen whatever they have, and then um, the average is seven. Was seven, and mm -hmm. I don't I don't really know. It was three hundred and twenty eight million basically euros. Yeah, uh, this is two or three times the current rates of such food. Okay. And there's also a threat 
or it does not pose a threat to the stable uh, supply. They got plenty of money. They got plenty of stuff coming. So well, this and that's is the thing that's really disturbing about all of this. The money for this is coming from places like the United States. And I want to say it's your hard earned tax dollars, but it's really not. It's just being, it's printed. just being printed. It's, it's on the backs of, of your of your future. It's going to cost you in inflation is where it's going to hit you. So it's the posh lot lifestyle that really they just they couldn't help themselves. Right. So this guy, the, the deputy head of the president's office, 34 years old, um, he drove high-end sports cars in and out of the Capitol to and from mansions, which typically cost ten dollars to $25,000 a month. And then here's a uh, picture of his fancy sports car, uh, an outlet Hang published. On, let me see if I can make uh, this, a photo make series that. entitled "Not the Martial Law," and uh, they have. Wait, uh, you're going past the mansion that they can't see. I want them to see that one. That one's it's kind of important for them to see the mansion. Do, 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 do. There we go. There now we they go. Can see it. Okay, now I gotta go back down because we're just completely black. Okay. Another example of the Western uh, media seeking to downplay or soften the latest wave of graft-related resignations, the AFP writes, Ukraine has long suffered endemic corruption, including among the political elite. But efforts to stamp out graft have been overshadowed by Moscow's full-scale war that began in February. And yet officials like this guy uh, were spotted around Kiev and oligarchs' neighborhoods driving luxury cars for months throughout the whole war. Additionally, there's this laughable and embarrassing uh, line out of the AFP report. Kiev's Western allies, who have allocated billions of dollars in financial and military support, have been pushing for anti-corruption reform for years, sometimes as a precondition for aid. From a government supposedly pushing in anti-corruption reforms for years over, uh, to over $100 billion in U.S. defense and foreign aid being pledged to Kiev's coffers over the past year, to now this from uh, within the heart of Zelensky's administration. So him here, he's got his resignation and he wrote it out and la la la. It doesn't stop the posh and expensive cars, but the controversy has even extended to luxury vacations abroad as Ukrainians suffer the deprivations of home. Uh, the departure of Svinokino, how would you say that? Simonenko. A, a deputy prosecutor general comes after media reports that he spent a holiday in Spain this winter, reportedly using a car belonging to a Ukrainian businessman. Wow. Uh, the government has supportedly ba banned these guys from taking these lush vacations. Uh, just prior to the wave of resignations, another official was accused, accused of re receiving bribes to facilitate the purchase of generators at uh, hiked up prices. Um, crucially, this guy, as Deputy Minister of Infrastructure, would have been directly involved in overseeing how billions of dollars. Mm. You can imagine this, how this goes. You've got all this money. You've got a friend who does generators. Generators. I pay you lots of money. You give me kickback. This is how this is how Ukraine works. Like it can't work any other way. Commenting on this, mainstream media is now belatedly acknowledging a fact that's long been well known. Transparency International rank Ukraine 122 out of 180 in its corruption ranking yeah, in 2021. Yeah, that'd be higher, you know. Um, and then I'm going to play this video one more time. We played it on Friday where Zelensky is addressing the Chambers of Commerce meeting. And he wants to thank BlackRock and J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs. And he wants to let everyone know in the world that Ukraine is open for big business. It is obvious that American business can become the locomotive 
that will once again push forward global economic growth. We have already managed to attract attention and have cooperation with such giants of the international financial and investment world as BlackRock, JP Morgan, and Golden Sachs, such American brands as Starling have already become so part deep. of our Ukrainian yes. what is that? defense systems such as HIMARS or Bradley are already uniting our history of freedom with your enterprises. That is we put are on. waiting for Patriots. We are looking closely at Abrams. Thousands of such examples are possible and everyone can become a big business by working with Ukraine. Everybody can become everyone a big business by working with business. Ukraine. Because we have all this money that came from other people. Bingo. And we just can spend it on anything we want. Yeah. So we can we can make this happen. All right. I'm not done here, I don't think, with Ukraine. More Ukraine. Yeah, because actually... There's so much going on with Ukraine today. So today's show is a lot. It, it's, it's a lot Ukraine. Well, I've got this article, which you, you guys, if you, if you were in the beginning, you, you saw Michelle's um, beginning reel. <laughs> Channel 4 in the UK has done an expose or just kind of a report. I don't know why they wanted to report on this because you think once you got the report, you probably would hide the report. But Ukrainians are scared to live in the UK. They're not used to living in multicultural areas and right. they're very scared of terrorism. Yeah, this expose released this week from the British state-owned Channel 4 broadcaster on the status of the integration of the Ukrainian refugees in the UK revealed that some of those forced to flee their country as a result of the war with Russia were shocked and even frightened by the ethnic makeup of parts of England they found themselves living in. Namely, uh, the, the, the color of the, not seeing native English people. Okay. Just over a hundred thousand Ukrainians have sought, sought refu refuge in the UK. The vast majority of them are women and children, but not all of them have found it easy to settle into a country. And now these are real, really true refugees. This is a real war happening. Um, but this particular woman, this British woman, she was hosting. She was hosting Ukrainian refugees, and because the because she felt like the Ukrainian refugees were too racist, she's like, "You should shouldn't stay here." We hadn't necessarily taken into consideration the cultural differences, but those cultural differences weren't often talked about when Andrea signed up to the Homes for Ukraine scheme. She lives in a diverse part of Birmingham. After a week of staying there. Her guests told her there were too many Muslims in the area. We were quite shocked at how difficult she found different cultures. Um, she felt there were just too many Muslims. Too many Muslims, um, too many people with different skin colours. Her guest's son was enrolled into the local school where the majority of children happened to be black and Asian. And then to just have her complain about the demographic of the school and going, well, he's, he can't be safe there. There's not enough white kids essentially the majority of my neighbors are muslims a lot of them are kashmiris or pakistanis indians um and they're wonderful people and you just felt if you just would sort of give them the time perhaps we'd come to the same conclusion they both agreed to end the placement 
Well, as we know and we have seen that um, the Ukrainians are actually, an, in fact, racist. Um, when you work with Nazis, this is what you get. When you, when you, this is hilarious to me. This is absolutely hilarious to me because they, everybody, we're supposed to be the far right crazies. Right. And we're saying, hey, the Ukrainians are truly far right crazies. Literal Nazis. Literal Nazis. Literal racists who, in their constitution. Literal. It says something about must breed people to have more ethnic majority. Like, we don't want anybody of right. any other race. Exactly. Um, here's another one here. Tackling cultural integration can be trickier. From the best area of school where I became to the worst area of Birmingham, unfortunately. Oksana moved here from Kyiv last summer. She admits that at first, living side by side with so many different cultures made her feel afraid. I was very afraid because it was not usually for me. And I was, I, uh, and some uh, some uh, people just uh, told me about so many uh, dangerous stories. Those stories, Oksana says, included cases about Islamic terrorism. Lots of people here would feel very offended that you feel just because it's a mixed area, it's not safe. I saw statistics uh, on the police uh, website, police, and so I saw statistics of criminals instead of it. And also I read in the internet in English when I began that is, this is the area from Bojan, terrorism. I looked it up and like, Legit, it's like the worst where terrorists come from. So is what she are wrong? You supposed though? to say is she wrong? That's the question. Do you have another she... video you can pull up just for the background? You're gonna keep reading. Uh, I don't have another video. Okay, that's fine. Over the past century, particularly the past twenty years, England has a whole and uh, specifically urban hubs as Birmingham, the nation's second uh, as a whole, and these these urban hubs, the nation's second largest city in Birmingham, have seen radical changes in the demographic makeup of the population. Much of this has followed um, Tony Blair's decision to open up the country to mass migration, um, and a, according to a once in a decade census conducted in twenty twenty one. Birmingham joined the likes of London, Manchester, Leicester, and Luton to become a minority-majority city, with ethnic minorities making up 51% of its population. Mm. The white population in the, mean, in the meanwhile fell from 78% in 1991 to 48% in 2021. The city has also become steadily more Muslim, with the latest census finding that 29.9%, 30% of all of Birmingham are Muslim. Compared to 21% in, 2000, in, in uh, 2011. All right. So uh, Barry says, I drove through Birmingham. I, when I drive through Birmingham, I lock my doors. Diverse Birmingham, LOL. Nope. It's not diverse. It's all Birmingham. It's, all Birmingham is completely foreign. It's like a Midlands London. Michelle, I drive through Birmingham with my doors locked because it's so dodgy. So Twitter has restored Renaud Camus, the French novelist who actually coined the term The Great Replacement. Um, he was suspended over an ironic anti-white comment he made on the platform. Twitter restored Mr. Camus's account after banning the French author in May of last year, one of many accounts reinstated in a recent week since the change of management. He explained, Mr. Camus explained the reasoning for the suspension, saying the pretext for the ban appears only now and it is very funny. 
the national French channel, French Culture, had had a program saying native French were responsible for the failure of Vivre Ensemble immigration because they did not want to live alongside immigrants and were fleeing away from quarters with a lot of them, which had prompted uh, from me this ironic tweet. Blank, blank, dirty white blank. They don't even want to be strangled on the spot. So I was expelled for anti-white racism. Wow. Camus also spoke about, uh, about the others using the term great replacement, which some dismiss as a conspiracy theory with little to no reference to his own writing saying, for one thing, there is no such thing as a theory of great replacement. Great replacement is a dire and sinister fact. It's not a theory. My theory is global replacism as expressed mm. in my book, La Dispossession. <laughs> but no one has read uh, me among, among the media. The French writer added that his central concepts have always revolved around nonviolence and stated, as I like to say, there are two types of professionals. One can uh, rest assured they have not read me. They are journalists and mass murderers. In 2018, chemists spoke to Breitbart News on the Great Replacement and its links to those who attend the World Economic Forum in Davis, Davos, called the calling the elites the democracy yeah and stating they support the change of people and civilization for the sake of the industry of man and the economic system which produces the undifferentiated human matter the human nutella spreadable at will in the last several in the last several years the concept of the great replacement has become more and more widely spoken of despite Cummins himself and his writings not being well known outside of france with major u.s commentators such as tucker carlson speaking about the concept last year then you have Prime Minister Viktor Orban also mentioned the Great Replacement last year in May, stating that the Western countries were experimenting with the program of Great Replacement. And when you see the numbers in Birmingham, it is a fact that that the the native British people have been replaced. Right. And, you know, when you put, and I say this all the time, when you put on your plate your mashed potatoes and your steak and your peas... It's nice. It's a beautiful plate. But babies can't usually eat. Um, well, they can eat mashed potatoes and peas, but they can't eat steak. So what my mom used to do when I was a kid, she would take whatever we were eating, tacos, macaroni and cheese, whatever it was, and she'd put it in a little food processor. And she'd blend it up. And I got a, we got a, we got whole meals in one bite. Yummy. These babies, mm -hmm. the babies don't see, don't, they just eat mush. That's what they do. Whoa. Right? So what happens when you have multiculturalism? You get baby until un, and and this is this is also the problem because on the one hand you want people to integrate and you know appreciate the values of the nation that they're in. Sure. But on the other hand, it's the the world has is is separate for a reason. It's separate from lang language divisions. There's barriers called oceans. And it's really interesting and neat to see what other people have come up with um, in their area throughout well, the years. And when you're bringing everybody into one area and everybody's one, I find the I just go back to Rick Steves, man. Like, can we just have nice things? Well, I think that there's the I um, love the idea of like the going to Lapland and seeing like the nice you know Finnish. Um, like really embroidered, pretty oh, yeah, uh, Scandinavian clothing, mm -hmm. and then like like going to, to Hindu India, and, and you, they have their little things they wear and they drape around. They have the little hats, you know. Like 
it's I I find it I I personally like different cultures. There's this idea that is false that says in multiculturalism what you will end up with is pockets like a little Italy or Chinatown or something where their culture that we are allowed to appreciate and even supposed to and encouraged to appreciate will be retained in these tiny little micro pockets of of societies wherever they go when in fact we are seeing that that is not true yeah every time you cross cultures you are going to this goes back to the to bible times which is why Je uh, jesus well jesus is the word why god often told the children of israel not to marry in the in the other you know peoples right mm -hmm. Because as soon as you do, you start taking on their religions, you take on their societal norms, you, you, you start to become so much like them. And so that is the issue that we have when you see that it doesn't happen naturally over a period of time, but rather it's being forced upon because the end goal is the barf food. Right? Or the total white... And here's the, here's the problem. England is actually a pretty small country. And Great Britain is actually pretty small. Mm -hmm. And they have historically, unfortunately, foisted, for, foisted their way of life on other people. Right. But England itself has history. And if you're going to bring in people from Bangladesh and all these... If you're... Why... Why isn't Bangladesh being multiculturalized with like a hundred different things? Why isn't why is it that just Muslims and why why is it? I mean, do you see do you see white people fleeing to Bangladesh or to Pakistan or to well, we took try they tried well, to take over India. you keep saying white people and. That's that again is another misnomer. These are just like when you go to the UK, when you see British, when citizens, you see Westernized citizens going to non-westernized nations you that just does not happen that's not what you're seeing you're seeing what i mean by white is I'm, I'm trying to just really make a demographic when you're looking at um the the changes in in just even skin color like do you see because these are these are i'm not talking about like good or bad i'm just saying you don't see it you just don't see it like but here's the thing. Well, this is what I'm trying to say. When you're white, and this is something I don't even know how we can explain on Facebook because a lot of people get really weird with this stuff. When I go to India, I expect to see Indians. When I go to the UK, I expect to see British people. And I, you know, people have had, people have conquered, that Rome conquered, Greek conquered, so fine, conquer. Whatever. Do your thing. It, You know, I'm sorry, Irish people, because this is my next article. Um, okay. You're not... I, I, I appreciate the the orange-haired, you know, green-eyed Irish people. I think it's beautiful. Okay? But I then think again, that, you're you're looking at skin color, and, and, and I don't think that that's what you mean. No, because, but no, I do... Wait, no, me, no, you let me finish. Because... What we're, when I think of the UK, I think of black people, I think of white people, I think of people, I think of brown people, like, from, like, India, right? And I have this idea of British culture that includes all of those skin colors, but it's British culture. 
Then when I see the Africans coming up from Africa and the Muslims invading from Muslim, it is not a skin color thing that I see. Did you just say Muslims invading? Muslims, from, excuse me. The Muslim, Muslim people coming from Muslim countries, which are a whole host of them, by the way. And you, you have black Muslims. The idea is that you have a cultural shock that happens. So to me, you and I may be 100% different on this. It has zero to do with skin color and everything to do with culture. And I see that these, a lot of times, these Muslim cultures are going in and they are invading, whether it's westernized cultures, I don't care if they're going to China, wherever they are going, they are going and they are invading and they are forcing their culture. Look at what's happening in Sweden. They are forcing their culture on the culture of that society, which is why Hungary and Poland have locked down. I don't care if Hungary and Poland were, um, Whatever they look like, I don't care if they were a melting pot of what of of faces. I don't care about the color of their faces. What I want to see when I go to different nations is that nation's culture being able to be retained, right? To me, this has nothing to do with skin color and everything to do with culture. I would beg to differ because when you think of redheads, what do you think of? Ireland. But when I think of the UK, I don't think of but any that's, I think of white But faces. I'm talking about Ireland now. I said moving to Ireland. Well, but we weren't done with this topic. Okay, this is what I'm saying. Different countries are known for different things. Ireland is known for red-headed people with blue and green eyes and freckles. That's what they're known for. You sound like a million and the racist. Raise your hand if you think Leah sounds totally racist right now, which I know she's not, and that's why I'm trying to help her explain this, because it sounds so racist what you're saying, and I don't know how to say it any other not way. Not all the then you're, you You don't want anybody of any other color going to Ireland just based solely on the color of their skin, because you don't want them there. That's I didn't not say it. that. It's culture. I didn't say that. You're saying you expect to see white faces. Wait, when you no, go no, to Ireland, you no, expect to wait, see red-haired. Wait, you know listen. what does that have to do with their culture? You're you're missing out. You're missing I, that's why I'm I'm you're, trying to help you're, you're, you explain no, this. No, you're not. You're, you've you've thought that I went somewhere that I didn't go. Well, it, what I'm saying is, to, wait, let, let it me sounds speak. like dude. The people hate when we do this. Could you just let me speak? Stop for we, one second. We're having a Hannity and Combs moment. Did you guys ever Stop watch those? Stop for a second. Uh, here's the thing. I'm actually like thinking way down here on this level. And I'm not thinking on this level, okay? Apparently, what I'm thinking of, what do you think of when you think of, of India? What I think, think of, of the culture of Indians. Well, I think what does of, that look like, like? Red dots. I think of the clothing where they wear things over. I think of cows walking through the streets. I think of accents that sound like this Indian accents. Okay. So, what do you think of when you think of South America? You think of. Hispanics. What do you think of when you when you think of a South American person? What? How do you how do you visualize them? You think of of them as South. But what, Leah? Where are you going with that? Okay. What I mean is, there are different things that different cultures have, and if you want to erase all of that, that's fine. My grandmother was Irish. Her last name is Dyer. But we are Wait, let America. me finish. You don't even let me finish what I'm saying. Can I just finish? Okay? We had she had four kids with red hair. Okay? Do you know that there's no other really 
place in the world that really ha has this redheaded gene than Ireland and Scotland. Okay, so if you see somebody with red hair, they probably originated from that island. And it's kind of cool. Okay. But America's the melting pot. So what do you do with us? We are a melting pot. I am. We are talking about so European. So America is allowed to be a melting pot, but nowhere else is. That's what I'm saying. Do okay. you guys want to be an amalgamation? Because here's the thing. We're talking about, we just, we just gave a number that 51% of Birmingham are non-white. So, okay. And that changed over 30 years. Okay. Now, if you want to change Britain to be something different. And I'm not talking. Here's the thing. That was the article that I read. Unfortunately, we're talking about different races. And that is, that's, that's, that's the, that's the, that's what we're why, talking about. Okay. But, but why, I'm talking about, when I'm talking about different cultures, okay. When I think of Norway and Sweden, it's hard for me to imagine. And maybe it can happen this way. Okay. That. A bunch of Africans go to Sweden and decide, I want to wear their clothes. I want to be a Laplander. I want to work with the the, the, the reindeer. I want to get on the sleds, and I want to uh, I want to learn a whole new culture. Which where I'm 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 not saying that it's wrong. It's a question. Okay, what is happening? Are we replacing one thing with another? When, so, when you think of French, it's uh, what I'm saying is slow, gradual kind of moving in. America is a melting pot. It's a beautiful, wonderful melting pot, and I wouldn't change it for the world. When you think of American, there's nothing to think of with the, with American. We're all just a bunch of, we're just a bunch of mutts here. Okay? And that's fine. But when you think about Rick Steve, and you're going to go to Germany, you don't think of Bangladeshi people in Germany. Okay? So and that's fine. If you, if, if that's, but that's what people are complaining about. Okay, because it's not a, unfortunately, people from different areas who have different cultures tend to have different skin colors. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the different, I, I have seen many um, black people in Britain who have the British culture. I, I, it's Calvin. I literally thought to myself, right now, Ireland is full, open borders, government takes to Twitter to beg migrants to stay away. Now, before you if, get to the article, though, I do if, have a thought that I want to finish this off with. I just, I, I feel like somehow you went down a different path. All I was thinking of was, wow, Ireland, if I went there, I just thought it wouldn't, I love seeing different colors. I love seeing different people. I love the idea of being surrounded by a bunch of redheaded people, okay, and on in Ireland. Is that changes? It it it'll be different. Well, it'll it'll just be different. And is that good? I'm not saying that it's good or bad. I'm just saying that when I when I was a kid in the 1990s, there was Rick Steves, and every single country had a really cool different culture, and you can go to different cultures and you see different people all across the world, and it's really cool. And you know what? Sometimes, sometimes an Irish guy goes to Bangladesh and he gets married, and they go back to Ireland or they stay in Bangladesh. But what we're seeing is not a natural kind of I love you, let's get married, and, and this kind of assimilates slowly. What we're seeing is some sort of rapid, you, it's like turning on a, a, a faucet versus a fire hose, and then cultures get wiped away. Okay, cultures in the past have gotten wiped away. 
You just won't see it anymore. So, I'm sorry that I brought up one of the things that I thought of when I think of Ireland was redheaded people. I wasn't, it had nothing to do with, it was just a thing that I thought of when I thought of Ireland. How many have I said so? I've said so, like, I'm trying to get in, in here. Okay. You could be, you bring it down if you just let me finish this thought. Well, you were kind of, you were, you were on the, on the live on the show. You were like, I'm trying to make it so that you don't look racist. And I'm like, did anybody take it that way? I just was thinking Ireland okay. and redheaded So when we talk about random. the disagreements that Lee and I have behind closed doors, which you guys don't see and we would never want to see on camera, you just experienced one. So what I was trying to say was when something is forced, that is when it is wrong. When something happens naturally, then it is a completely different scenario. Cultures have become cultures through natural progression, not selection, this is not evolution, natural progression. Like you said, I love you, you love me, let's get married. We like to live this life. This is what we do. This is who we are. We're Swedish, we wear wooden shoes, whatever, okay? We're, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. The giant evil that we are seeing, which is why Leah is so righteously indignant about this. I do, a, honestly, this is one of the things I hate to cover. I absolutely hate covering, because if you cover this in any way, you're a racist. If you if you talk about it in any way, you're a racist. And I don't even like to go here anymore. I don't even like to talk about Muslim terror attacks, because, well, you know, it was probably the Bush who who started this war on terror. And, and All right, and I'm just gonna jump in here to finish this thought. So when we see it happen by force, by design, because the World Economic Forum, Davos, all of these people, these big, giant, evil, corrupt people, they sit behind, they, they get together and they say, how can we obliterate cultures and make everybody look the same color of bland gray and brown? That is their design. And that is why they are, because they understand that if you have a culture, if you have something that is, that you are surrounded by in, in your traditions, you are a much stronger people. So they're trying to systematically break down these traditions and these cultures because it makes you weak when they make you uniform. That is why it is so evil. So it's not so much that for me personally, that I have an issue with even Ireland not really being Ireland anymore or Japan not really being Japan anymore or whatever culture Japanese you want to see. really don't want anybody there that don't look Japanese. They don't even like Chinese. I don't have a problem with that evolving into something new. Zero percent. What I have a problem with is the analogy that Leah just used, which is what they are doing. When you go in with a fire hose, you obliterate everything and you're doing it by design to break apart what has actually become a beautiful part of being a human being living on the planet earth that there are so many amazing different faces and cultures and skin colors and if they what they're trying to do which actually is racist is to get rid of the individual colors of skin to make everybody look the same and act the same and believe the same. And that's why it is so evil and so nefarious. Open so borders government takes to Twitter to beg migrants to stay away because that's going to work. Ireland's pro-borders government has begged on Twitter for migrants looking to claim asylum in the country to stay away. Despite having initially insisted it would take a litmus, limitless number of refugees and asylum seekers from Ukraine and beyond, Ireland's open borders government is now desperate for migrants to refrain from coming to the island nation. 
with the country even now taking to social media to repeatedly beg would-be arrivals to stay away in social media platform Twitter. Because that's exactly where they're going to get, um, that that's going to keep them away. The response to the ongoing migration crisis has now entered an extremely difficult phase with insufficient accommodation available nationwide for international protection of applicants. And the outlook of accommodate for accommodation for people fleeing the war in Ukraine is also challenging. As a result of this, it has now become necessary to pause the provision of emergency shelter for the uh, international protection applicant, adults arriving in the transit hub at the City West. Um, so IP applicants who are not provided with accommodation upon arrival or when applying for the international protection at the international uh, protection office will have their contact details taken and contacted as soon as accommodations become available. With the country's government no longer able to house asylum seekers, authorities are now begging migrants to refrain. So here we have the Irish government asks those who are considering seeking uh, refuge in Ireland and who are currently in places of safety not to travel to Ireland. It's at this a very time. small little island. Making travel arrangements to come to Ireland. This is due to a severe shortage of available accommodation. They were putting them up, and we've covered this on our show, in hotels. And so you can't really even go and visit Ireland now because there's probably not very many places to stay because they've put all of the migrants in the hotels or refugees, whatever you I want to call the, them. I uh, guess the second incident, major incident of violence at one of the country's asylum centers this month with four individuals previously being hospitalized after a mass stabbing event uh, at a migrant hotel in Killarney. Now... <laughs> When I think of Killarney, <laughs> I don't think of migrant detention centers. I think of red-headed, blue and green-eyed people in Is Killarney. Is that really the same Killarney from like, in Christmas in Killarney? Killarney. Yes, that's Killarney. <laughs> okay, and you know what? If everybody just, if the leftists just want to ruin everything and make everybody... No more want- Christmas in Killarney. Going to be a bunch of blarney. When I go to Ireland, I want to hear the Irish accent. I want to be around Irish people. Okay, it's just a beautiful thing. All right. Where's my little Irish? And you here? know what? I don't. At this point, you know Europe just just fall into the sea. How about no hopelessness? We are going to pray against this satanic attack. Graphic content warning: A mother oh of a team dismembered by migrant drug dealer wears shirt showing her dead body to court. Wow. Um. Breitbart tends to be very um, macabre and very dark in its postings and its stories. And they have a, they're one of the only outlets besides Zero Hedge that does world news. Mm. Besides, I have to tell you something. When I was um, looking for videos on the Israeli shooting, there was no Western media, like no Sky News. But I got to tell you, you know who does the news? The Hindus, man. (laughs) India Times. India does the news. India does the news. Like, like everything was Indian news. Like, I kind of brought it up. And I do. And I actually, what's so funny, when I do world news, they do world news better than, like, more detailed and more stories than anybody else. They do, in India, they just do world news. Okay. It's hilarious to me. But Breitbart does world news as well. And they are always bringing up migrant to this. And, and I, this, this, this one kind of hit my heart because of this mother here trying to beg the court not to allow this man to go free. This is a, uh, and I, I think sometimes you don't want to, um, I feel like it's important. We can't do everybody's memory, our show short, but to, to, it's actually a pretty long show compared to other people's shows. Um, well, there's, our show is, cannot do every victim is what I'm saying. Yes. So Pamela Mastro Pietro, Pietro, 
was killed and dismembered by a Nigerian drug dealer in 2018. Wow. She appeared, um, the mother appeared at an appeal for the migrant killer wearing a shirt showing the dismembered remains of her mother, daughter. or daughter. Uh, Alexandria Verney, the mother of Pamela Mastro Pietro, Pietro, arrived at the Aze Court of Appeal on Wednesday wearing this t-shirt that showed her daughter's dead body after it had been dismembered. Killed the 18-year-old, uh, this, this a Nigerian innocent, actually is his name, uh, killed the 18-year-old in uh, 2018 because the killer was trying to appeal his convictions and sentences. Verney said she needed to remind the court of the terrible things he had done Hence, wearing the shirt pointed, uh, printed with the forensic images of the teen's uh, brutalized body. Italian media reports, Vernie said of her decision, Every night I go to bed, I dream of Pamela. That's why I decided to show the uh, photo. The latest hearing, which disputes the rape charge he had been convicted of, Miss um, uh, Vernie says, uh, uh, the Nigerian said to the mother, No more judicial oppression. And she said, tell me, tell me what you want. Not sure exactly how that, what that was all about. Uh, now you come to ask an, ask an executioner if he wants to attend the hearing or not. They, they pulled him out of the room. And she says, let's roll out the red carpet for him at one point. At this point. I, I expect justice from this process. What I've been asking for five years, justice. Life imprisonment for those who do these things. He and all his accomplishments uh, must pay. She was raped. She was killed. She was beaten on the head. She was tortured. She was torn into pieces. I expect that now the state justice and prosecutors do their duty because executioners cannot be allowed to go free in the city in Italy because in our country this cannot be accepted. Now, he was sentenced to life in prison in May of 2019 after being found guilty. Uh, while he was in prison, he admitted to killing and disposing the body, and he even told a, a uh, cellmate that he'd began to cut up her body while she was still alive. Now, when we talk about the death penalty, when you know somebody has gone so far as to dismember a body of an innocent victim, mm -hmm. there are certain things that should be worthy of a death penalty. I don't think Italy has a death penalty. But at the very least, at what point does this guy get out? And the mother is saying... You can't allow this executioner out. And this is a result of the mass migration. It just is. It is a result of it. Yes. All right. Now, get on to something a little bit more light and humorous. Uh, the AP Associated Press has embarrassed itself, saying that there are certain words that are dehumanizing. And they, the one thing that they said was the French so, citing some inarguably ridiculous examples of the being used to label people, the AP went so far as to say that uh, a common term like the French could be potentially offensive. We recommend avoiding general and often dehumanizing the labels, such as the poor, the mentally <laughs> ill, the French, the disabled, the oh college educated. Instead, use wording such as people with mental illness and use these descriptions only when clearly relevant. The ratios came swiftly as the post instantly became a lightning rod for mockery and derision, including from prominent French people, such as a political candidate, Eric Demur, as well as the U.S. French Embassy. Hours later, the post had over 13,000 retweets and oh thousand more gosh. comments. Eric Demur says, we are the French. Somebody says, um, I think you mean, uh, Riti, uh, Riti uh, Panini says, are you drunk? And somebody says, I think you mean, are 
You mean the drunk. Oh, my god. People gosh. experiencing Frenchness. That could be those people experiencing Frenchness. People suffering from Frenchness making great strides. Dear God. I'm just in awe. Two things I can't stand in this world. People who, uh, people who dehumanize others and the French. By the way, AP, uh, people sitting around thinking, let's stop saying the French, is anecdotal support for my theory that wokeness has burned out to the edges of our culture, boring old people who don't really get the point. Uh, people with Frenchness also try to avoid using exclusive terms like the Associated Press <laughs> and instead say an organization of journalists who associate freely but within an uh, anarcho-syndicist anarcho, uh, commune led by each of us taking turns as executive but whose decisions must be ratified by the group. Disabled and mentally ill are not dehumanizing terms unless you uh, don't look at disabled people as human to begin with. Freedom of the press, freedom of people and organizations who report news and stuff. Uh, the has been canceled, y'all. Uh, the AP style book is ridiculous and entirely captured by Marxist ideology. So, did they walk it back? They did. They <laughs> did. The AP style book has been increasingly embarrassing itself, though, over the past few years by placing uh, the language police on uh, entirely common, wholly non-offensive terms. In 2021, for instance... The organization argued that the term mistress engenders misogyny and therefore should be replaced with a more acceptable term like lover. Don't use the term mistress for a woman who is in a long-term sexual relationship with and is financially supported by a man who is married by someone else. We understand it's problematic that the alternative term falls short, but we felt that was better than having one word for a woman and none for the man. And <laughs> Because there are so many women out there that financial that are married that financially support a man, a male lover. No, they have come up with a word it's called sugar daddy. Pool boy. No, no, no. They're saying that in a relationship, the man who's having the affair, there's oh, no word okay, for that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought you meant that there's no there's no, no word for if a woman is financially supporting. No, they're saying that implying that the woman was solely responsible for the affair. So since there's no word for the man having but the affair. But I know, honestly, maybe I'm biased because I'm a female. When I think of someone having a mistress, I put the onus on the dude. Mm -hmm. Like, always. I never think to myself, like, or not, not that I never think to myself, but it's just always, like, the negative thing goes to the man that has the mistress. I'm like, you turd. I know. All right, here's some good news. Woman confirmed as world oldest uh, living person is at age 115 and has no worries and a lot of positivity. Her name is Did Maria. Did we cover this last week? No, that was the woman who died. She died as the oldest person. And she's still living. This is a woman who's still alive. Okay. Maria Brenez Moria uh, is confirmed as the uh, world's oldest living person. Uh, the news came after the death of the 118-year-old uh, Lucille of France. And now she, this is the oldest woman. She was born in March 1907 in the U.S. and presently resides in Spain. And um, I liked what she said. Her daughter helps her post on Twitter where she said the secret to her long life included order, tranquility, good connection with family and friends, contact with nature, emotional stability, no worries, no regrets, lots of positivity, and staying away from toxic people. In order to live longer, John Hopkins tells you what to do, which mm -hmm. I was reading. I was like, did she really say all this? So then John Hopkins says, if you want to live longer, you're supposed to maintain a healthy weight, exercise regularly, and making wise choices when it comes to food. So go back to what she said, Leah. She said, um, 
good connection with family, tranquility, order, contact with nature, emotional stability, no worries, no regrets, lots of positivity, and staying away from toxic people. But John Hopkins is saying, well, if you're reading this, let us tell you how you can live longer, make good choices with food, maintain healthy weight, exercise regularly. And that, my friends, is the epitome of the way that Leah and I view life, okay? I have to tell you, yes, we do try to not have chemicals in our food, but number one, I am constantly thinking to myself, I want to live a long life, so I've got to get toxic people out of my life. I want to live a long and healthy life so that I want to connect with nature. Like, these are the things that we do, and we live in our lives. Yeah, I want to live a long life, and I don't want to call my sister a racist on <laughs> a live stream. I didn't say that you were racist. I said you're I, sounding very racist, and I know that you're not. So this so is I'm how I'm trying to. So help this is you no, no, this is how this it. goes. Hey, Leah, I'm gonna talk to you after this. I'm gonna. Hey, do you want to explain it? I'm gonna. Like, I, I know, but I tried. No, 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 no. I moment. tried very hard to to do all of that without just outright saying it. That's just because you misunderstood me. It's it's fine. Um, no, I didn't misunderstand you. I knew what you were saying and I knew what you meant. I just said I wanted to clarify for everybody else. It's like a bad, it's like a dirty joke when somebody thinks that something's a dirty joke and you didn't mean it that way at all. And somebody's like, well, I want to make sure that everybody knows that you didn't say a dirty no, joke. No, because nobody really likes to hear a dirty joke anyway, like explained. <laughs> This is interesting. Father of tennis star Novak Djokovic, who just won the Australian Open, was not allowed in America because he's not jabbed. He's filmed with pro-war Putin fans at the Australian Open. Now, it was very interesting because um, I think while the Australian was playing, Australian Open was playing, they covered up uh, the the Russian flag. I think from the, the the person that was playing for Russia. No way. And you weren't allowed to have anything pro-Russia at all. You could have pro-Ukrainian stuff, but you couldn't have anything pro-Russia. Yeah. So the Serbian tennis star, Dijovic, triggered a global uproar on Wednesday night uh, for meeting with fans of his sons um, at the ongoing Australian openings uh, open, some of whom were waving Russian flags and wearing the Z insignia associated with support for Russia's invasion of Ukraine. So Novak Djokovic um, is the winningest male single competitor in the history of the Australian Open, winning the tournament nine times. He also became one of the most controversial after a visa ordeal last year triggered by Australia's onerous coronavirus uh, jab requirements that ended with his imprisonment in a migrant detention center and ultimate deportation. Australian officials confirmed they had offered him a valid visa to the country, to enter the country, but deported him on the grounds for fearing that his mere presence could excite the anti-jab sentiment. This is how far we've come. So uh, his father, also deported from Australia at the time, threatened to organize his son's supporters and take to the streets at the time. The incident occurred on Wednesday night after Djokovic defeated Russian player Andrei uh, Rublev in straight sets, cementing a place for the Serbian player in the Australian opening. Um, so it looked like um, Djokovic's uncle reportedly went into a crowd of Serbian fans to thank them for Was supporting their son. Was it his uncle or his dad? I'm really confused. No, no, no. There's more people here. Oh, there's wow. Okay. So supporting his son and nephew. In a circulating video of the incident, um, the uncle appears to greet fans waving Russian flags and appears to take a photo with a man wearing a Z shirt, a sign of Russian uh, support for Ukraine. According to the UK's iNews, 
the uncle can be heard saying um, Zavili uh, Russiani, which is long live the Russians. So the uncle made the rounds with a variety of fans on Wednesday night. Serbian media and Jovic fan groups shared videos of the tennis of the tennis dad meeting an elderly woman uh, nicknamed Super, Super Baba, which is grandma and considered one of uh, Novak Djokovic's most vocal super fans in Australia. Um, that's fun i just thought it was funny because um you just walk around melbourne park after filling a after filling and a group were standing on the uh with the ch chanting <laughs> chanting support for russia <laughs> with putin and some flags here and um, a small group of people displayed inappropriate flags and symbols and Stop. threatened security Inappropriate guards. flags. I'm sorry. Listen, this is not World War II, okay? Where support for a country then makes you a communist, all right? This is absolutely ridiculous that now they are trying to make russia the new nazi symbol right so essentially you can't you can't put up a swastika if that was your nation's flag and so now the russian flag is the equivalent of a swastika this is such propaganda i can't believe that there is not more outcry about this like this is to me do you remember in world war ii how poorly Japanese that were already here in America were treated. Mm -hmm. I thought we had evolved from that. Like, apparently we have not. Very clearly, not at all evolved from that. Yeah. They would take... These people are so evil that they would take Russians in your nation, whether it's the UK or here in the United States or whatever, and they would put them in prison camps if they could. Now, remember... That is how evil these guys are. Remember, Serbians... Uh, hold very negative views of the West uh, and NATO in particular, following the military alliance bombing of the country under President uh, Clinton. Uh, Novak Djokovic grew up in during those bombings, and the uncle has described his childhood in interviews with Russian state media. I will never forgive them for bombing. Uh, he, Novak, was 12 then. A huge bomb fell in the municipality of their town, uh, Rakovica. All the windows shattered in our apartment. In Benica in 99, we fell out of bed, ran into the hallways and cried, God save us, don't give us away. These are traumas that last a lifetime. So the most popular person in Serbia, the most popular world leader is Putin at 40% uh, of respondents, with the number two coming in as Xi Jinping. Uh, the poll also found that more than half of Serbs would oppose Serbian entry into the European Union. They don't want to be part of them. And they share a uh, or Christian Orthodox faith with Moscow. So they are on good terms with Russia. Um, so uh, this is just an interesting kind of... What we're doing in the world news, it's, um, it's always messy. Mm -hmm. And there's a movie... Um, there, there was this... Was that Bosnia? trying to think of it was Serbia, Bosnia, you know, when I grew up, we were, we were doing stuff in Eastern Europe and I didn't know what we were going, what was going on. I just watched a movie yeah. once, you know, with, um, be, like behind enemy lines with, um, what's his face with the broken Owen nose. Wilson. Yeah. 
and I don't know if it was Serbians or Bosnians. It wasn't. I'm, I'm, forgive me, guys, but I just feel like this is very the, these Balkan states. They they've had it says we've had many wars in recent history. Um, uh, Djokovic's he's he won the Australian Open, and this is kind of one of those messy things where people can wave Ukrainian flags, but they can't wave. Um, and this is worldwide. Right. So this is worldwide, right? And I think I, to go along with that, I think there was um, Facebook has allowed back the neo-Nazi Azov regiment to Facebook and removes the dangerous organization listing. So this is like, and here's the thing. This is why it's hard to like put things into terms. It's not racist because Ukrainians are white and they're Nazis. Okay, so it wasn't, I'm still stuck on it, but days ago on Facebook, which is now Meta, announces welcoming Ukraine's Azov Regiment to its platform. Azov had up until recently and throughout the Russian invasion of Ukraine been at Meta's uh, most uh, dangerous organizations list. It was on this banned list because the malicious members regularly display Nazi symbols and signs on their uniforms and as part of their media content, but now pro-Azov content can be freely posted, and the group can create its own official accounts on Facebook. So you can now have Nazi symbols, but not a Russian flag. Yeah, it's it's very strange. And real Nazis have been given a platform on Facebook, and not just given the platform, right, but had their um, listing taken down. They will allow praise to the Azov Battalion when explicitly and exclusively praising their role in defending There's Ukraine. There's a swastika! right there or as part of the ukraine's national guard internally published examples of speech that facebook now deems accessible acceptable include azov movement volunteers are real heroes they are as much needed support to our national guard we are under attack azov has been courageously defending our town for the last six hours i think azov is playing a patriotic role in this crisis the materials stipulate that azov still can't use facebook platforms for for recruiting or publishing its own statements and that their regiment's uniforms and banners will remain as banned hate symbol imagery, even while Azov soldiers it. may fight wearing and displaying them. In a tactic acknowledgement of the group's ideology, the memo provides two examples of posts that would not be allowed under the new policy. Uh, talking about, um, I'm not even going to read it. I'm not going to, it's, 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 um. So essentially you've got Jewish the, the murderer, the rapist, whatever in jail, and you've got to pull him out to go fight something. And now he's a hero and forget the fact that he was a murderous rapist. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. But you can't have a Russian flag. I don't know. World War Three watch. A German foreign minister declares we are fighting a war against Russia. So she said the quiet part out loud. This went viral this week. We are fighting a war against Russia. I have said already in the last days, yes, we have to do more to defend Ukraine. Yes, we have to do more also on tanks. But the most important and the crucial part is that we do it together and that we do not do the blame game in Europe because we are fighting a war against Russia and not against each other. Thank you. It's very interesting. Um, comments came from this foreign minister just hours after Chancellor Schultz announced that Germany would be sending military tanks to Ukraine. So if we remember, um, we have a agreement 
in uh, NATO, where if one country attacks you and if right. you're going to war, right, then we're all at war. Exactly. So Germany so now Ukraine is saying is we are nation. fighting a war against Russia, which means we are fighting a war against Russia, which means all of NATO is fighting a war against Russia, which means, again, we are in World War Three. There you go. All right, here's a funny little story. Massive food waste. City council goes vegan, but nobody wants to eat it. The city of Cambridge in the UK has reported excess food waste after the public um, didn't touch the vegan meals provided at events by the city council. <laughs> Significant food waste. No, not, nobody wants to eat your vegan food. It is not yummy. You vegan. get rid of the butter, you get rid of the eggs, you get rid of the meat, you get rid of the cheese, and what have you got? Not food. Okay? Nobody wants it. Just put out a little vegetable tray and just say, listen, just eat your veggies. There was extremely low uptake of plant-based food options. Under 10% of people tried these options, whilst the vegetarian options and meat and dairy options were all eaten. The report said and added, the low uptake of the plant-based options resulted in an insufficient amount of food being available at the event that people actually wanted to eat. Hmm. The uh, report comes as the council set a goal to eliminate all non-vegan food by 2026. Then people just aren't going to eat at your venues. They just they will eat away from your venue. Yeah. All right. So this is actually a good eat time before you come to play. Um, the Neil Oliver clip. All right. Um, the joke is on us. This is a really uh, great clip from Neil Oliver this week. Nope. You know, uh, the part where he says, remember when we used to say, waiter, there's a fly in our soup. Like it was a bad thing. Yeah. Now there's not enough flies in the soup. Stop it. That's so nasty. It describes a fraud where a company advertises one thing, something that sounds highly desirable, which is the bait. But when a mug actually makes a purchase, they get sold something else entirely, something they wouldn't have wanted in a million years. That's the switch. You see an offer for a luxury coat at a knockdown price. When you try and buy it, you're told they're all sold out. But here's one at twice the price. That's bait and switch. And it's illegal. Bait and switch is all around us. Insects in food. Remember when, waiter, there's a fly in my soup was the start of a joke. Well, now the joke is well and truly on us, and the flies aren't just in the soup, they'll be in the bread and all the rest. They tell us we can save the planet by not eating meat. That's the bait. They push plant-based foods and tell us they're the healthier option anyway, even though anyone who's looked at the ingredients on the side of a pack of vegan sausages knows you need a chemistry degree to decipher them. And then there's the bugs. Eat crickets, the Hollywood A-listers tell us. It's better for the environment. But replacing other sources of protein with crickets means a lot of crickets. It's been estimated that it takes 363,000 crickets to match the calorie count of just one cow. We eat billions of land animals and trillions of sea animals every year. Stop all that and it's going to take a lot of sheds full of a lot of crickets. Just think of the energy needed to breed and keep all those insects. Maybe think about the genetic modification. Stop to wonder about some of the viruses and diseases insects Come on carry. now! Where could it all go wrong? And yet still the bait is that a third of a million bugs are preferable to one grass-fed cow. And anyway, if crickets not are, here. let's say, safe and effective, why not just tell us we're going to be eating them? Don't slyly turn them into powder and slip them into the food supply under a Latin name no one understands. Tell the truth out there in the light where everyone can see it. 
The EU have passed legislation to have crickets cooked into powder and added to all manner of foods. No, you don't. In the EU's own legislation, the list is long. Everything from cereal and bread to meat, cheese, beer and sweets. No! Even now, the presence of crickets won't be obvious. It won't say crickets on the packaging. It will say Ashitus Domesticus, which is Latin for house cricket. In the end, the bait and switch down. is in governments and corporations shouting from the rooftops they are working to save the planet and make us healthier. But what do we end up with? Food cut with insect powder we're not supposed to notice. I say the claim that any of this is to improve our health or save the planet is a fraud and a hoax. Electric vehicles are another bait and switch. There are an estimated 30 million fossil fuel cars in Britain. That's not counting the trucks that move all the commodities. There's a quarter of a million of those as well. We're invited to think that one fine day, every one of those dirty old gas guzzlers will be replaced with a shiny new electric alternative. Forget it. That lofty notion is just the bait. The switch is the reality. Most of us won't have any sort of car at all. Unless the demand for cars, any sort of cars, drops drastically, there's no way to hit the emissions targets our governments have loudly committed us to. That's where the 15-minute cities come in. We'll be expected to walk or cycle. Do you see the scam yet? They advertise a world of electric cars, but what we'll end up buying is lives lived on foot within 15 minutes of our homes. Round the corner from where I live, the council installed a rank of electric vehicle charging points. The electricity in them is free at the moment, has been for months. Anyone who wanted could park up and charge their car for nothing. I say free, but of course there's no such thing as free. Someone was paying, which is to say the poor old council taxpayers of Stirling. Those Teslas and the rest might as well have been taking their charge from the private home they were parked outside while the owner of the house footed the bill. That whole stunt was more bait, pushing that illusion that electric cars are the cheap option. Next week, those bays will start charging for the electricity. There's the switch. But the bait has gone bad. More and more mm. people smell something fishy and are waking up to the reality of electric vehicles. It's becoming hard to ignore that those massive batteries full of lithium and cobalt obtained by raping environments and destroying ecosystems, the dirty work done by the poorest of the poor, children included, scrabbling in the dirt with bare hands, those batteries, which are so wildly energy intensive to make and that can't be recycled when they fail after 20 years, those batteries don't like the cold, which is a bit of a bummer if you live in a country that actually has winter like here, for instance, in winter, those batteries lose up to half their charging capacity. Oh dear, what a pity, never mind. There's that switch again. Second-hand car dealers in the main won't touch electric cars. I wonder why. Now, just wait, go back. There you go, press pause. So, I love Neil Oliver. I haven't had a chance to watch the Glenn Beck I didn't even know that existed until you brought it up today. So I'm really excited about that because he's one of my all-time favorites. And so that's going to be really good. But what I love about Neil week after week is that he calls it like it is. I wonder though, he is so deadpan. Like, I know he's How cracking does he up when he's these lines? Like, I know he's cracking How up he when he's writing Or just wanting to hurl, right? Because he's being honest about the fact that they have just passed legislation that they can put this, I wrote it down, Ashita Domesticus... The house cricket, the house cricket, ground up and put it in all yeah. sorts of food, whether it's beer or right. meat and, and all sorts of food for you guys in the UK. 
So from now on, I want you guys to literally do a little Google search for that Ashet, A-C-H-E-T-A, Domesticus, because that's the name that they're going to put on the back of these products where you know you will, you will be eating cricket at that point, okay? This is satanic. It is evil. It is not of God. And anybody that thinks that John the Baptist actually ate real locusts, you're going to have to have a conversation with me because I'm telling you what, it was a plague. He would not have eaten it. He would have eaten from the locust tree, which is actually kind of like cacao, which is like a chocolate. Okay. We've had this conversation. Do you have any more videos to play? Because I'm going to fix this um, picture thing. Thank you for, thank you guys for sticking with us during our technical difficulties of today. I don't know why. It's all frozen, but I'm going to have it fixed for next time when we yeah. won't be going through all yeah, this. Yeah, this is, it's a fun, we're breaking, Oops, we're this doing something the wrong different. Way. Nope. Um, <clears throat> going back to the Ukraine. What is that? So this is uh, the Ukrainian parliament from 2010. <laughs> and this Wait. is more or less a yearly occurrence in Ukraine. So this is from 2010. Did they break out into a fight? This is from 2010. Fight, 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 fight. <laughs> That's a real punch. That guy's legit wailing on these people. Oh! Is that a gun he just put away? These are umbrellas. Oh my gosh. Wow. So these, these, are, these are the best. I'm sure they're sending to the front lines. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. Uh, this is a sad story. Uh, six British children under the mm. age of five were rescued from an Austrian cellar where they were living with conspiracy theorists who had a stockpile of guns and attacked social workers with pepper spray. Six British children under the age of five have been found living in an abandoned wine cellar in Austria in an illegal hideout with a 54-year-old Austrian said to be obsessed with conspiracy theories and his wife, who is 40 years old. The youngsters were discovered in an illegal hideout in the small village of Orbitz, or, or, Orbitz after police broke in following an incident in which the man allegedly attacked social services with pepper spray. <clears throat> the local mayor said after the discovery the man, um, that the man once told him he had 10 children and he wanted a cellar for each. The man is said to have uh, been a Reichsberger, a group of right-wing <coughs> extremists who believe the German Empire still exists. Now, this is very interesting. Right-wing extremists who believe the German Empire still exists, as it did prior to World War II. And the current German state is nothing more than an administrative construct. So they're Nazis. It is believed... Yeah. Right-wing it is believed the family comprised uh, of the six children aged seven to five years old have been living in the cellar, which had been sold to an English company for several months. There have been complaints from concerned local residents who heard children's voices within the last uh, few weeks, causing social services to get involved. The man is said to have barricaded himself into the building, and then they found six children with multiple guns. Wow. The cellars had been renovated to have doors, windows, water, electricity, and surveillance cameras, but are said to have an inadequate, inadequate um, sanitation for the um, children. So this is a family. They make it seem like these children did not belong to these parents. All children 
in all uh, in Austria, all births have to be registered by law with local authorities, but no records have been found for any of these children. Which would make sense for your naturally born children if you're paranoid and you don't want to register your kids. No, with the but state. they're you they're British kids, and this guy is German. Oh, okay, I missed that part. Yeah, Austrian or German, Austrian. Uh, the parents reportedly claim all five children were born in the UK, where their father is said to have been working. So they they um, kidnapped these kids. We think you don't know that, that if, if that story is true, then they would have British accents. Well, why would they say that they're UK kids and this guy? Well, maybe brought him. I don't know. It doesn't say six British children and a 54 year old Austrian. You could have six kids at 54. No, but he's Austrian and they're British. Yeah. And our dad was comes from Swedish and our mom comes from the German like and we're American. What's the deal? And there's no record. So. I get, you, you could say they don't know. It I'm just saying like we don't know. I When it comes to people questioning the state, they're going to always paint them as some sort of crazies. They were in a cellar. But they're they're all this, that, that and the other. their father like, is said to have been working. Their kid's father doesn't seem to be this guy. It says the parents. The parents claim all five children were born where their father is said to have been working. Their that, father, but not saying that this guy was said to have been working. They didn't say this guy was working. They didn't name him. Why this would they say? This article is really confusing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. But why would they call them the parents? I'm just saying. All I I I question everything. They didn't say the parents. They... The parents okay. reportedly claimed all five okay. children. I'm just saying. I question everything when it comes to oh, this conspiracy theories uh, parents and they're trying to hold. Yeah, I get that. I get it. But if these kids really are their children, mm -hmm. if they're kidnapped, that the the whole thing is blown out mm -hmm. the water, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if they really are their children, and then these kids are being taken yeah. from them, then it's like, and we've seen that time and time again. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. This is, this well. just looks really sticky. They're literally living with conspiracy theorists who stockpile guns. Mm -hmm. And attacked a social worker with pepper spray. Yeah, you're, you're giving me a different angle from what the, the article seemed to it's be. It's the I don't Daily know. Mail! I don't know. It seemed like when I read it that they were kidnapped. But, yeah, you could be... Guess. That's what they're going to make you think. I'm not making a declaration one way or the other or taking a stance one way or the other. I'm just saying that we've now been posed a story locked. and who knows. Yeah. They're yeah. saying they were locked in a cellar. Well, it looks now like they... It's had surveillance cameras and it had all of these like there. If you're you're trying to and they're obviously but the how do they know crazy. that the kids are British then? If, if there's no records, that's a good. Well, maybe they have British accents. I don't know. But how would they have British accents? It just, it just make, none of it makes sense. None of it. That's what I'm saying. This whole thing doesn't make sense. But if a yeah. family is going to put their kids and their entire family in some sort of like hunker down. Like, that happens. That doesn't mean that the children are being abused other than just, like, from societal standpoint. Well, I know It doesn't that mean that the parents are beating them or feeding them crickets. Well, and the headlines seem to be that they, they were they Sure, were it does kidnapped. seem like that way. Yeah, yeah. it does seem All like that. All right, well, let's move on to a different story. Okay. Pierre Polivare wants to make, as Michelle breaks down breaks it down for us so we don't believe any lies. I don't Pierre know. Pierre Polivare wants know. to make Canada the, the freest countries on earth. We have to make this the Whoa. freest country on earth. Yes. Yes. You know, my dream, we were, I was I was adopted. Uh, my mother was 16 years old when she had me. She couldn't raise me. So she put me up to adoption to two school teachers. 
but they always taught me that in Canada, it doesn't matter where you come from, it matters where you're going. It didn't matter who you knew, it matters what you can do. And that's the country my wife came to as a refugee, and that's the country I want my children to inherit. Our country, where it doesn't matter if your name is Martin or Mohammed, whether your name is Chang or Charles, or whether your name is Smith, Singh, or Steinberg. Anybody who works hard can achieve their dreams. That's the country I dream of, the freest country on earth. Let's keep building that country So it seems like he's still campaigning. Right? Um, he's always campaigning. Right. Pierre Polivare wants to make Canada the freest countries on earth. Do you support him? Um, this is a another, uh, this is kind of a funny joke. Tucker Carlson to, I guess this guy who is um, a a Canadian uh, citizen, a, a joke of Trudeau's uh, birth here. ask you about Canada. And what we saw happen there last winter, the trucker protest, yeah. and then the crackdown by the authoritarian yeah. government of Canada. What what struck you about that? I thought you were going to ask me whether Trudeau is Castro's son, or if you very much obviously <laughs> is, and I'm completely in favor of a big pig's operation to liberate that country. I mean, why should we stand back and let our biggest trading partner, the country with which we share the longest border, and actually, I just say, a great country. I love Canada. I've always loved Canada because of its natural beauty. Why should we let it become Cuba? Like, why, why don't we liberate it? We're spending all this money to liberate Ukraine from the Russians. Why are we not sending an armed force north to liberate Canada from Trudeau? And I mean it. Well, I don't know. But you I, don't have to answer. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm, I'm, I'm there yet with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking myself into a frenzy I, here. I, I was pleasant. Do I have? Tucker Carlson has a Leah moment. I don't know if I'm quite ready to have you come and liberate us. I don't, I wouldn't trust, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust the United States to liberate Canada. No way, Jose. Not gonna, I would not, I would not trust it. All right. This is kind of a, um, this is, this is just so weird. Denmark plans mandatory military service for women as NATO deepens Ukraine support. So at the moment, at a moment, the NATO alliance is broadly pushing for its members to bolster defense readiness and spending. Denmark is planning to introduce a compulsory mi military conscription for women. Wow. In order to greatly boost the size of the national armed forces. Jakob uh, Jensen, Elemen Jensen, Denmark's defense minister and deputy prime minister, announced his intent to introduce women's conscription in an interview with his broad broadcaster. Uh, he stressed that at the current levels, the Danish defense forces cannot really defend Denmark. And so the nation needs to tap more manpower. Ba-boom, ching. Um, if, we are to, if we are to be able to strengthen our defense, we must have a basis from which to strengthen it. In public and private companies, you can grab employees from other places. But you can't do that in defense. In the future, women must be called up for military service the same way as men. So do they have, um, I mean, do you have to join the military right out of like high school? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, or are they the just talking about a draft? is planning uh, for the significant changes come as Denmark and others have been deepening their unprecedented support for Ukraine. Uh, in December, the small Northern uh, European country donated 300 million Danish crowns, equivalent to $42 million dollars. Currently, women can join on a voluntary basis, while men generally are required to serve if they are called on under a lottery system for a duration of four months for most. Interesting. 
Um, already the number of women recruits is on the rise. Uh, the new measure has the backing of several women's organizations and comes as Denmark, like the rest of Europe, provides increasing levels of support to the Ukraine. Um, so essentially what we're so saying is Norway, we've got war, war with Ukraine, and because of that, the women in your countries are going to have to serve. So Norway already All because has of Ukraine. conscription for women. And, you know, it goes back to the Viking spirit. I'm sure <laughs> they don't have a problem with it. It's, it's historical. Okay. Our women can fight, and that's just the way they roll. Okay. I don't know. I'm just making that up, honestly. Uh, this was kind of going back to Canada here. Justin Trudeau is called a tyrant as he is swarmed by angry mandate protesters. The anger is spilling over after years of what many in the Canadian public now regard as useless mandates. Numerous Western governments have been exposed for hiding contrary scientific indicators and exaggerating the pandemic threat. So here we have. Whoa. Oh, that woke me up. Protesters. We're not quite happy with Trudeau here. But they just love you, Trudeau. They just think you're the best. He doesn't care if he's hated. He doesn't care. Speaking of politicians and political parties being hated, Nigel Farage says that uh, the UK needs a political revolution bigger than Brexit needed to save Britain from Tory failures. Interviewed with the... We need a political revolution, an even bigger one than Brexit, to turn this all around. Is it time for the Conservative Party to die? The most successful party in political history has been in government for nearly 13 years. What have they got to show for it? With record levels of immigration, rising crime, a struggling economy, and woke ideology dominant across the public sector, why should Conservative voters trust the Tory party? My name is Stephen Edgington and I work as the video comment editor for the Daily Telegraph. In this film, I'll be speaking with three prominent Conservative voices to discuss the future of the Tory party. I began in the Telegraph studios in London, where I met Nigel Farage, a man who has a long and complicated history with the Conservatives. On your own personal journey as a sort of politician and someone interested in politics, you were obviously a Thatcherite, big believer in the Conservative Party, and then you led for a long for decades a sort of anti-Conservative revolt in UKIP and then the Brexit Party. So, you know, this anti-Conservative Party or whatever, how you want yeah. to put it, has been a long time coming for you. Well, because they lie at every election. They lie at elections. They pretend they're conservative. They pretend they're on, on the side of small businesses. They pretend they're for the country. They pretend uh, they're for borders. And actually, they're globalists. I mean, look at the appointment of Hunt. Look at the, the role the IMF played in all of that. They lie at every election. At least Corbyn wasn't lying at the last election. I mean, we might have found much of what he stood for objectionable. It's the sheer dishonesty of the Conservatives at every election that really gets me down. I would love to see them replaced. I would love to see them go. But they have survived for 200 years. They have survived through all sorts of crises. They have survived through two world wars. That doesn't mean they can last forever. After all, the Liberals disappeared, you know, after 1918. Um, I would love to see something new come along. It won't be Thatcher, right? Because that was before, that was for 40, 50 years ago. Um, but what it will be what it will be if we're going to get that revolution, it will be people who work 
and are paying an ever-increasing amount of tax into the system for an ever-larger number of people who refuse to work or don't want to work and to prop up public services that are not delivering any bang for their buck. We are, I, I promise you, we're living in broken Britain. It's not working at any level. It needs a revolution. So, as you say, the Tories, you know, their legacy isn't great on, on all of these issues that you mentioned. What's the alternative? Very good question. Um, it's the Labour Party, who on tax will be, I guess, just about the same. I mean, they might put a bit of VAT on school fees. I doubt they will. The non-DOMS thing will probably change. But other than that, the tax burden will be exactly the same. The regulatory burden will be similar. They will align as closely to um, EU single market rules, but then we haven't deregulated from them anyway. What's the fear? Now, you know, clearly, reform, which you know I was the father of, it, was, it came out of the Brexit party. It was my little gift, if you like, um, which I'm president of. I mean, they are making progress. You know, eight, nine percent of the vote, they are making progress. Richard Tice is clearly working very hard at that. Um, but under a first-past-the-post electoral system, um, at the moment, it's difficult to see. I mean, look, I, I have never felt more depressed about where our country is, uh, ever. Not, certainly not since I was in the teens, watching Winters of Discontent and all of these things. Uh, I think we're in a period of decline. The brain drain is back. People are leaving this country in ever-increasing numbers. Uh, we need a political revolution an even bigger one than Brexit, to turn this all around. Whether the country is ready for it, I don't know. But as far as the Conservative Party is concerned, look, all that keeps them existing is an out-of-date first-past-the-post system. Without that, they'd be gone. To gain another perspective, I spoke to Lord Frost. I, um, you know, we have, we kind of came to our own as resistance chicks in 2017, we immediately started covering Nigel Farage when he was an MEP, um, and we covered it when things were funnier yeah. and lighter. And honestly, when I woke up this morning, I had asked God, I said, I literally was just like getting ready. And I was like, can we just bring some humor back to the show? <laughs> can we just laugh? Can we laugh at these people? Can we just bring some levity to the situation? Yeah. Um, in 2017, there was a lot to be kind of on the positive end. So there was like a little bit, there was something in the air that humor, um, even with the EU, you could sense it was going to go down in, in, in Brexit, right? Yeah. You could sense <clears throat> that Nigel Farage had so much momentum. Um, when Donald, they Brexit was actually won in 2016 as Donald Trump was campaigning and it felt like there was just another rush and there was just so much a rush of momentum you see the evil you see the the um what and, and you can like in in uh Britain it was easy to identify it was labor and Jeremy Corbyn were the bad guys and the conservatives and the Tories were sure. anti-woke and they were you know it seemed like it was just so easy to identify the good guys and the bad guys right and then it slowly has been unraveling since then. And Nigel Farage uh, could see the writing on the wall with the election with Boris Johnson. He could see that Boris wasn't what uh, Great Britain needed, but Britain wasn't ready to, to see the truth. Yeah. And they were like, Nigel, get out of the race because he created a he created a party, this Brexit, this um UKIP. This you no, well, he created UKIP. 
right, which was a Brexit party. And then he created a party um, for the MEPs to be elected, and they won sweepingly across the nation. Um, but the idea was we're going to get these MEPs in there, in into the into the into the European Parliament, and we're going to get out. You're not going to be there forever. And on the um, the tail of that, they created another party called the Reform Party. It was kind of a cross party between Tories and Labour, who were uh, kind of like the old school liberals and the and the conservatives here in America. And they were putting pressure on um, Boris Johnson and the Tories. And the Tories won a sweeping majority. I don't know if it's a historic majority, but it certainly was. They they gained more seats than they could um, could have imagined. And they should have just be right now running the UK uh, like a tight ship. Uh, we're going to shut down on immigration. We're going to go Victor Orban style because that's, that's where the British people were voting, right? And it all just began to fall apart. We saw that Boris Johnson... Uh, was far, 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 far left when he was in power. Uh, he's a, he's um, part of the ESG, which is the um, the greeny climate change nonsense. Uh, the borders are not only are they just open, but all the all the boat migrants they're just coming in. There nobody's going home. Nobody's being detained. Nobody's being um, well. Nobody's being um, sent back. You still don't have the free market that they wanted to have in England and in the UK in the beginning and, and when they started all this. So you had, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. And so sometimes when you can see something good on the horizon and you can begin to fight for it, um, then you still have this euphoria of we can win. Let me read a couple of comments here oh. from, from Barry real quick. He says, the problem with the Tories are that they are all career politicians. They've gone to um, ETO, I don't know, that well, politics, I think, then to uh, Ox, Oxbridge and into Commons after studying politics, career politicians. Um, Michelle, don't forget that Rishi Sunak wasn't elected. He was appointed as prime minister by 180 Tory party members of the parliamentary party. No one in the UK wanted Rishi Sunak as prime minister. Right, exactly. And so what's happening, what's very interesting is that, um, and I think we'll see this play out in Italy too, is you kind of have hope that you're, because there, there's such a, a large group of like really red-pilled people in all these different countries, like you just saw in, in Brazil. And the establishment and the globalists, you know, when they say, don't go violent, don't have a revolution. You got to go through the legal means. Mm -hmm. Well, they legally left the EU. Come on. They legally voted in all these Tories with a with a huge supermajority. In Brazil, they legally went to the ballot box and they voted in Bolsonaro. They did. And I Facebook probably won't let me say that. We know what happened in 2020. And honestly. We are looking at a landscape now where 2024, if not, you have no chance of getting in, in Donald Trump. Absolutely no chance. Absolutely. And you guys know that. There's no way the system has been so gamed. And no, they just had, we, it, it was just proven in the last two elections that they've got this on lockdown. And when you look at Great Britain, how in the world do you reform something that's so muddied 
Because how do you go through each person? Do you interview each person who's a Tory leader and be like, right. okay, could you please fill this out honestly? Mm -hmm. No, because I don't believe in mass immigration. Just right. kidding. I don't believe in the climate craziness. Just kidding. They lie, they lie, they lie. So there's like... So you would have to have, as, as Nigel was talking about, a whole new party with people who are vetted, who have had historically done things that and put their reputation on the line. That's why I say with Donald Trump, you can only pick people who have put their reputation on the line to support you. Um, and so what you're seeing is the wind knocked out of people in Brazil. The wind knocked out of people, not only in Brexit, but with the Tory party in the UK. The wind knocked out of, out of everybody in the United States. And it's, um, we were riding so high and now we're on the ocean in a boat with no wind and some really bad messed up sails. And we're like, we're like needing a miracle here because we're recognizing that in the systems that have been set up to allow for the democratic vote, it's not allowing the vote. But let me get you guys encouraged about something. God can only move when we are in need of a miracle. That's when you see, are you going to play that? Yeah. That's when you see God move the most. Go ahead and make it big. So I am highly, I'm not encouraged or excited. That's not the right word. I'm so ready for what's about to happen because I can see, you know, some people be like, oh, it's the end times because I can see. No, 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 no. I've been a Christian my entire life and I have seen when it gets down to the wire, when there is no more hope in our power to do anything is exactly when God is not only going to, but finally able to step in and do something because as long as we can do it in our own power. And what I mean by that is not giving glory to God because there, rest assured, there are things that we're going to be needing to do. Yeah. As Christians, we will be doing things, but they won't be through man's doing. It will only be Christians and the body of Christ acting and operating in the power of God right. so that only God gets the glory right. and not man's tools. Exactly. So I uh, actually haven't made it through the entirety of this interview uh, with Glenn Beck, but this really stuck out with me. And I think this is kind of a, a good way to kind of round off our show because um, I don't want to leave you hopeless. When I show you the hopelessness of the situation, I'm showing you that man's ways are hopeless. Boom. I'm showing you that we tried. We tried. And now we need God. Amen. And this particular segment, Glenn Beck is asking Neil Oliver about the Scottish fighting spirit and how Scotsmen have ended up all around the world doing great and fantastic things. And Neil gives kind of a history on how Scotland wanted independence, but how since uh, it, it has become part of Great Britain, they are uh, stronger together. And he goes back and he does a little historical um, lesson on John Knox and the Christian Protestant revolution, how John Knox made it so that every person... Is he going to tell us this? Yes. Okay. Every person was taught to read so that they could read the Bible. And then in a beautiful transition, Glenn Beck says, yes. And it is that idealism and those ideas that founded America. And when we get back to that, where every child reads the Bible. Come on. And I love that Neil says this, has a personal relationship with God. Amen. Let's listen here. Let's make it 
loud enough. Opened the world to Scotland, and the Scots, by nature, by inclination, were ready were ready for the off. There's an interesting bit of, of background as well. Before the Union, before any of that happened, the, the Reformation that happened all across Europe, mm -hmm. that, that where people broke away from the traditional mm -hmm. Catholic Church and, be, and became Protestant in all, in all various different sects and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and forms of the Protestant faith. In Scotland, very much the leader of the Reformation in Scotland, the man that came to the fore was John Knox, you'll know, obviously. And he insisted, amongst other things, that every parish, really, in Scotland should have a school. Up until that point, education had been harder to come by. It was really the preserve of, you know, the great and the mm -hmm. good. Rich men's sons were educated and, and, and not so much for the rest. John Knox and the Reformation meant that what well, he wanted everyone, every man, woman and child to read the Bible. Everyone. In English for themselves. You, you know, get away from bishops and the hierarchy mm -hmm. of the church. Establish this personal relationship with God. And, and to do that, you needed to be able to read so that you could read your Bible. And the, the, the collateral benefit of all of that was that everyone learned to read and write. And the, in short order, in the, in the century following the Reformation, Scotland became the most literate population in Europe. A larger proportion of Scots, of all classes, rich and poor, male and female, could read and write competently than anybody, than any other couldn't population. Couldn't speak, but they couldn't. And that was that was that was incredibly yeah. important as well because when you then subsequently got the union when Scotland and England came together and the world opened up, you had all these educated people. Right. You had all and, to, and then and the thoughts fear. the thoughts from these educated people um, made their way to America and our founders used a lot of these new thoughts and really well Absolutely. argued thoughts to create our nation. So here's, yeah. and, and I, every time I look, I, I brought something, I have an incredible um, history museum, and one of the things we uh, collect are, um, are any tales from the, the He's Western crazy culture. collector. So this is, mm -hmm. this is one of our new acquisitions. This is the sort of Braveheart uh, from uh, the Mel Gibson <laughs> movie. When we think it of, is not. It is. It wow. Is. Yeah, it is. Um, oh. Uh, when you come over, I'll let you put it on. Uh, but, uh, oh, wow. uh, but when we think of the Scots, we think of people, at least in America, people who fought to be free, fought to be free, fought against the kings, fought against all of this stuff, and knew who they were, proud in heritage, and now the Scots are, I mean, no offense, but it's like you're sheep now. What happened? The, this, the Scottish National Party happened. Uh, when I was a kid, I'm SMP. 55, when I was growing up uh, and becoming aware of things political, let's say, you know, when I knew what was going on, the Scottish National Party was very small. It was a fringe movement, really, uh, often regarded as quite an eccentric bunch, uh, a, 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 a protest group in many regards, very small in membership. And then by very clever politicking uh, under a, a, a succession of, of competent politicians, it began to grow. And then and then famously under Alex Salmond, it reached a high watermark by achieving this long dreamt of referendum that would have that was to decide whether or not Scotland remained part of the union or left, as previously discussed. 
and then that didn't happen. Alex Salmond then stepped away and was replaced by Nicola Sturgeon, who is the First Minister and has been ever since. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, the, the Scottish National Party and Nicola Sturgeon have run Scotland into the ground. Uh, they are incompetent would be the fairest way to describe what's been going on. Everything they touch turns to, well, yeah. Everything they touch turns to something you wouldn't want to touch or smell. Right. <laughs> and uh, the infrastructure, uh, the, the National Health Service in Scotland, uh, education. But it's it, not... This, having a Scottish education... It's not just... Used to be... Have, go ahead, go ahead. Having a Scottish education used to be something you bragged about. You know, anywhere in the world, if you had been educated at school in Scotland and then at a Scottish university, that was a badge of that was a badge of honour, and you could sort of hold your head high anywhere when people learned that you'd been educated in Scotland. That meant something. It really meant something. Now, education standards have fallen so far in Scotland that Nicola Sturgeon and her SNP government have taken Scotland off of the international league tables because it's too embarrassing now to have Scotland compared with other nations because we fall so wow. far down the league. Wow. Okay. You know, so, so in every in every way, so that's that is what hap that's what has happened to so and it's very important. I would say, Glenn, it's very important for your for your audience to hear that the the portrayal of Scotland that that comes from the SNP and the Scottish government does not speak for the majority of Scots. They've never been a majority. They have a major They have control of the Scottish government, but they're still a majority party, a, a minority party. They are still mm -hmm. a minority party. In the Scottish Parliament, they're, they're given decision-making ability by an unholy alliance with the Greens, right, the Green Party. Right. However, they don't speak, and I think people in England certainly, and perhaps people in North America, they might get the idea that when they hear Nicola Sturgeon's voice, that's Scotland speaking. It's not. It's well, the what, Scottish what? nationalists speaking, and the majority of Scots are, are, are of the sort of Scots you're still talking about, the people who want good education for their children, they want to be you know, part of the wider world, you know, they're, they are welcoming to any and all, including the English. I mean, the old animosity with England is the stuff of right. ancient history. Right. There's, a bit of, there's a bit of rough and tumble around an international soccer game or an international sure. rugby game, and, it, and it's quite fun, it, it, but it's a 90-minute it's a 90-minute situation. It's mm -hmm. for the, dur the duration of the game. So it's important that, in, in my opinion, if, if you want to take my word for it, that the, the Scots are still what they always were. You just don't hear them so much. Interesting. Wow. Isn't that we interesting? So that's going to be a really good interview for you guys to watch the rest of that. But I just thought, wow, you know, that is what I... And I'll just leave him big for a second. I'll just go back over to Neil. Um that is the kind of history that I want to uh, bring alive and to bring these other parts of the narrative to the front. Like that's what I spend the week kind of looking for the nuggets. We go through a lot of coal and a lot of rock to get to like the nuggets of, of what, what is God doing? Yeah. And to have somebody with a voice like Neil Oliver have that, um, kind of relationship with God, right? And that and and to, to talk about the Protestant reformations in a positive way and to talk about how, you know, you know you know what happened, I'm guessing the difference between the education under John Knox, which made for super intelligent people, and the education levels going down is every time you remove God, you're removing pillars. So the pillars of what made Scottish education great, and I, 
I obviously need to look this up, but I can only guess is that it was founded upon. I mean, John Knox is their patron saint. Like he is like, there are statues of John Knox in in Scotland. He is a hero in Scotland. Okay. And, um, when, when your hero is a Protestant reformer who wants everybody to read the Bible for themselves, that's going to make you a really good person. It's going to make you smart. And to have little Nicholas Sturgeon who's going around who wants, you know, transgenders in the prisons and all these different things, um, to hear him say that's not really the heart of Scotland, right? And that, that's actually heartening and encouraging. And um, I always bring this book up uh, when we talk about uh, the reformers and John Knox, the philosopher of American liberty. Okay, wait. Please wait. tell me that this entire time you've been saying John Knox, you're talking about a different dude because you've said John Knox like 10 times on today's show. Do you mean John Locke or John Knox like K-N-O-X? Okay, so in this book on John Locke, there is a section okay. that I'm going to get to. You said John Knox, the philosopher of American or a philosopher of. What? I said John Knox. Oh, you said John, John Locke. John Locke. Sorry, okay. a philosopher of American liberty. All right. Um, but in in this book is a really great um, section on the reformers and on the ph philosophy of um, John Knox. And I uh, can't bring it up. I don't know where it's at here. It's probably under John. Yeah, John. Where's John Knox? It's in here. But anyways, I would, I recommend you get this and, and kind of, we've done some, um, we've done some history on looking at like the history between, um, what happened with the, um, all the different revolutions going back and forth, um, with the Protestant Ref reformations. Um, uh, this wasn't what I, Mind not bringing this up right away. All right, well, we'll move on. John Knox was a minister of the Christian gospel who advocated violent revolution. He was considered <laughs> one of the most powerful preachers of his day, but only two of the hundreds of sermons he preached were ever published. He is a key figure of the formation of the modern Scotland. Yet there is only one moment monument erected to him in Scotland, and his grave lies beneath a parking lot. Uh, he was born around 1514 in Haddington, a small town south of Edinburgh. Berg around 1529. He You're entered... not reading from a good Christianity day. We need to, you would read John Knox from wall builders or John Knox from, um, oh, I was just trying to get us a little something before we go. Cause we're literally at the three hour mark. Yeah, no, I'm going. I've just, so I was, that's the best I could do real quick. I know. Well, and that's the problem with this. I normally, I know I, I already any... had that thought. So while Lee is looking for whatever she's looking for, yeah. let me remind you guys, you're going to go to resistancechicks.com, which I can't pull up right now because I can't do anything. Uh, and click on the banner in the upper right-hand corner that says click here to register. We want you guys to join us at the Old School Survival Boot Camp, May 12th through the 14th, right here in Hocking Hills, Ohio. Very excited about that. Um, but you can register for a three-day pass. Your last day to register is January 31st. Then this coming Friday, we will be drawing out three winners that you'll win a, uh, a three-day pass to come and join us. 138 classes on homesteading, prepping, survivalist, you name it. Anything that you've ever imagined. I should know how to do this when the zombie apocalypse comes. You're going to learn how to do it there. Plus, have an amazing time. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. Um, visit mypillow.com use promo code rc i washed my pillow yeah my you my did. pillow I saw that. 
and yeah. I dried it. Um, and it wasn't dry all the way. And Patriot Gallery had given it to me, and I, I we'd put it in the dryer, but it didn't dry all the way. She said, "Don't, don't use this. Just let it dry, kind of all the way overnight." So last night I had to sleep without my my pillow. Hmm. Okay. So what happened? It was not fun. Really? Yeah. I almost got and used it, even though it was still a little damp, because I was I really wanted it back. So. That's how much I love my MyPillow and all of the products there. So support Mike Lindell and Resistance Chicks by going to MyPillow.com and using promo code RC for all the cool deals that are there. Um, and then, of course, always the Brighteon store. Same deal. Promo code there is Chicks, C-H-I-C-K-S. And last but not least, Vicky Natale's Organic Body Essentials. I did the whole face mask thing yesterday before we went to our friend's house. Oh, I did yay. The, I did the sugar scrub and I did the... The, the brown, I don't even know what's in all of that. And again, every single time I do it and then I put her um, face lotion on top of it, it's like my face is like a baby's butt. It is. Does it look like a baby's butt to you right now, Leah? I don't look at baby's butts very much, but it looks soft. <laughs> you can use promo code RC right there. Leah, do you have anything else? No. All right. We love you guys. God loves you. Godless. Thank you for sticking with us through all of the technical difficulties. Yeah, I'm going to get a... all of this sorted before the next time i have a couple of suspicions for what it is so we'll figure it out and i will and and hopefully this will not happen again puts my stress level way high just goes to show you that did anything drastic happen no did the show go on yeah. yes so you never need to panic in unless someone is dying Putting right. things into perspective is what we try to do here. That's exactly right. All right. Don't forget to visit resistancechicks.com for all the shows that we do in the middle of the week and so much more. We love you guys. God loves you. God bless. And I'm not going to be able to play the outro because I'm just going to have to crash the system to shut us down today. Isn't that really fun? So you can like, vroom, bop, vroom, bop, vroom, bop, boom, bop. I was called all alone. No, no place, place like home, home so, so afraid. Na, na. That's from Rock I should know the song. Then he called my name in the dark. All right, so there you go. Now you've seen the outro and you've heard it and you've seen it in your mind's eye. And we're just going to say, God loves y'all and we do too. And I'm so glad that you joined us. And we will see you next time on Resistance Chicks. Bye, guys. God bless. Wait for it. Pulling up the task manager, crashing the system. Bye. There it goes.